Man, oh man, that has got to be the most dramatic intro uh, of any show on the planet. How do you not get juiced up for a show after just sitting back and watching that? Get your popcorn ready and enjoy the next three hours. It is ITG inside the Gamecocks. Uh, We are one man short today. Jamie Bradford is out. He's got some family things going on. Uh, Obviously, we wish the best for him. And hope to have him back soon, as in uh, uh, tomorrow. I was already going to be on today for the full three. I uh, felt a little guilty, JC. I had to leave early on Monday. Uh, and uh, I'm traveling tomorrow to uh, to Gainesville to work uh, the Gator-Vanderbilt game on Saturday. And then the last three days, one of the reasons why I had to leave early Monday is uh, after we did JC and Morgan and after we did ITG, for the last three days, I've, I've hosted Chuck and Chernoff, the afternoon drive show here uh, in Atlanta on 680 The Fan. For my money, the the best show uh, in this market for a, a long time, uh, particularly if you if you love college football and um, just the thing, a lot of the same things we talk about. I mean, it's a very regimented show. I've got uh, two producers uh, on that show, and and like literally every segment is planned. Every segment is here's the tease to the next segment. Here's what we're going to talk about next segment. And I'm like, am I allowed to ad lib any of this? Absolutely, Michael. You, you, you go wherever you want to go, man. Some of your best stuff is when you just kind of uh, just go down an unbeaten path. I said, yeah, that's what I'm used to. Like I just find rabbit holes, which is kind of what this show is. We we have a plan. Uh, we have an idea what we're going to discuss, but man, do we go down some rabbit holes and that's, that's some of the fun part. Uh, anyway, we, we do have a lot to get to and and like what I've been talking about the last three days happens to apply here. We've talked a ton of college football on Chuck and Chernoff. Uh, we've talked uh, NFL draft. We don't get into as much here. We even talked some college basketball in Atlanta because we had a couple people who were interested in it and, um, uh, that doesn't always get a lot of run in a top 10 market, even though it should. Uh, and yes, Braves. And let me say this too, um, on the Braves, it, it, that's 
kind of why I, I moved to Atlanta was to take a job for the Braves and ESPN came calling and, and uh, long story short, it's been more TV for me over the last 10 years, but, but I still love Braves baseball. And I know that almost every Gamecock fan that enjoys baseball is a Braves fan. That's, that's something I learned over time. Anytime you want to talk Braves on this show or have a question, I am down with that. Uh, I'm, I'm boned up on the Braves. Uh, might even do uh, some work with the Braves this year. Um, so, yeah, anytime you want to get into that, more than happy to do that uh, as well as anything else, NFL draft, all that good stuff. We're not a one-trick pony here. But that being said, guys, uh, we know what uh, topic number one is and will continue to be, and I look forward to getting into that. Oh, one other thing. So I do this show three days, and the main producer – who came from California is really good. You know, we talk a lot. He's in my ear uh, a, a lot, much like a, doing a TV game. And hey, you know, we got to break in three. We got to do this. We got to do that. Uh, and the other guy who's who's very uh, instrumental to the show is a guy named Cullen Madden. And after the third day, Cullen goes, uh, "Yeah, Mike, you know, I, I I enjoyed your work in South Carolina. So how'd you know about South Carolina?" That's why I'm a South Carolina graduate. <laughs> I said, what? I didn't know that, Cohen. Why did you tell me that? He goes, yeah, man. He goes, I, I, I went to South Carolina. I'm a Gamecock fan all the way. And he said, you know, part of the problem for me is living in Atlanta. I don't get, I don't know where to get a lot of coverage uh, and good Gamecock talk. <laughs> And I said, oh, do I have the answer for you, young man? I said, first off, have you heard of the Big Spur? He goes, yeah, I've heard of it. I said, well, join that, number one. And number two, let me show you this little thing called the Chief Sports app. Oh, uh, and I showed it to him, and he's like, I had no idea. This is exactly what I want. I said, well, you got it. Every day, 11 to 2, I promise you, uh, our, our retention rate's pretty good on this show. If you give it a shot, you probably are going to stay. To so, say the least, yeah. To, yeah. to say, yeah. I mean, JC, you know the numbers better than I do. But uh, so <laughs> you can add us. Because there are, I say this a lot. I've been in Atlanta now, let's see, 2010. Thir- four, this is my 14th year. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of Gamecock fans here. You can't drive 20 minutes uh, on the, the various roads in Atlanta. Of course, half of that will be stuck, stuck in traffic without seeing a Gamecock license plate, a Gamecock sticker, uh, a Gamecock flag I've seen on game day. There's a ton of South Carolina Gamecock fans uh, in Atlanta. So while we obviously uh, the, the core of our audience is in the state of South Carolina, but Man, oh man, we have a broader reach than that. And Atlanta's, as I always say, if you listen to JC and Morgan, it's the mecca for college football fans and SEC fans. And there's also literally thousands of South Carolina graduates and fans. So we just had another one to the list. Cohen, hope you're listening and hope you enjoy the show. And with all of that as an intro and a backdrop, I say good morning to you, fine friends, JC Sherbert, Mad Dog, Phil Mullinax. Uh, it's uh, always a pleasure to be back in the ITG family here on a Thursday. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I remember when I lived in Atlanta in the Big Spur for a couple of years, sponsored watch parties uh, over in Buckhead. I won't mention the establishment because my friend sold it. I don't think it's in any still uh, the game type place. Sucks. But uh, it's um, it's one of those things where, yeah, just about every SEC and most of the ACC schools, I think, 
outside of uh, this was before expansion. So before Missouri and A&M came in, they did a study and except for Arkansas, which their largest out of state base was Dallas uh, and South Carolina, to be honest, may have, may have switched Charlotte, Charlotte, because there was some some kind of release they put out about Charlotte a couple of years ago, more Gamecock alums than any other out of state city. But that makes sense; it's right across the border and it's growing. But just about every every other school in the SEC, Atlanta was number two. That's Mississippi, LSU, uh, whoever. Um, Florida State has a big contingent there because they had the watch party at the bar next door and a lot of tomahawk chopping going on. Not for the Braves, uh, but yeah, it, it's amazing. And then. Uh, it is having lived in that market twice. You are, if you're a fan of sports talk radio and a fan of the rest of the SEC, it's hard because it's still a Georgia dominant place. Uh, and then they got to squeeze in the pro sports and uh, everything else down. You know, if, if you're good, like they'll talk Alabama and Florida, you know, because they're good. But it, it definitely. Uh, our Atlanta crowd lends itself to a format like this where no matter where you're at, you can download the app and, and listen to us, listen to us on podcast format, whatever. Uh, also wanted to say, as far as our numbers go, um, out-of-state markets, Atlanta is up there top three along with Charlotte. Uh, and then Raleigh, North Carolina. Really? Raleigh-Durham area is big. Hey. For, for, for nice. our, and and Hello, I'm just I, I'm looking at YouTube, YouTube numbers only, uh, so I don't, you know, I haven't drill down on the podcast in or you know obviously twitter is very hard to track things like that and we get a thousands on twitter but uh it's uh you know atlanta's good to us uh, so is charlotte so is raleigh for some reason so uh we love you guys thank you for tuning in each and every day and uh, certainly glad to have cullen on board if um you know if he likes it it, it is game cock heavy uh we we get into other stuff certainly it's hard to talk about one team for three hours or one school for three hours but uh, it's inside the Gamecocks, the show for a reason, you know. So we, we yeah, appreciate of course, you guys, uh, absolutely. And of course, as I always say, you don't know enough about your own house unless you actually know the community. So mm. you don't, you can't really measure Gamecock anything unless you're somewhat educated on your competition, and that's something we do here too, is we we inform. We educate. We try to drop knowledge on uh, the competition around South Carolina, which includes Ole Miss. I'm working on um, possibly getting David Kellum, the longtime voice of the Rebels, on to talk about that matchup. If we don't get him, we will get one of my partners on TV, Mark Wise, who's a former coach and really good analyst on the SEC Network, to talk some SEC basketball uh, Jamie asked me a question, I don't know, three weeks ago, and he was uh, kind of excited about Ole Miss, I guess you could say, and, and asked me, where, where do you think Ole Miss stands? And I said, honestly, Jamie, of the nine teams that are in, I think they're going to have the, the hardest path to the tournament. Uh, I, I just don't think they're quite as good as the other eight. I, I, I think this is not a, an indictment on coaching. The coach, coaching hire is going to pay off major dividends for Ole Miss. And as I've mentioned, Ole Miss, if the reports that I hear on NIL money are even remotely true, they are committed they in are. college basketball, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're just like they're not bashful about uh, spending money on players for Lane Kiffin in the portal. 
who now has nasty SEC defensive linemen to go along with all the offensive toys that Jackson Dart will get to play with. Uh, yeah, they're 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 paying money in the portal and NIL for uh, for players as well. But uh, but the roster itself, I just don't think as good as the other eight. Now that being said, if we're talking about the game on Saturday, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, <laughs> uh, with, without question, it ain't going to be a, an easy tussle in Oxford at the Pavilion, where like everybody else, they're better at home, and they know now they they're on the proverbial bubble. Their backs are against the wall, so games like this mean everything. I still think, and I haven't, uh, JC, I think. You know, we touched on this somewhat Monday. Look, I still feel very confident in Carolina's chances to get to the big dance. That being said, I mean, you can't just have a complete meltdown and lose out. That's a that's a because remember, it's human beings that are deciding this. Human beings, if you like, lost the last seven games or something, they're going to say that team peaked early, and we don't want a, a, a team that's spiraling downward to get one of those coveted. 34 at large bids so or 36 at large bids I guess it is so I mean you know just something to consider uh but I still think this team is I don't want to say it's slump proof as I mentioned multiple times uh, just about everybody in this league would lose two in a row it finally bit Carolina it's not that you lost to LSU anybody watch what LSU did last night they might see that mm-hmm. it's not a major surprise it's good for us well yeah but LSU is not a bad team it's a LSU is not Vanderbilt. They're not Missouri. LSU in time under Matt McMahon is going to be good. I promise you that. Uh, they have just they have been on the wrong side of some close games. The the loss Saturday for Carolina was not embarrassing because of the opponent. It stung like a you know what because you're up 16 in the second half and you're up in the closing seconds and you, this goes wrong and that goes wrong and this goes wrong. Right? I mean, that's what really hurts the most. And I didn't realize until today when I was on with Wimp and Barry and Tuscal Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson in Tuscaloosa. By the way, you want to get uh want to get Wimp fired up, ask him about the Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> oh, they ain't worth a poo. Oh, yeah. They ain't worth a poo. They're terrible. They're awful. Uh he was he, he's a you could tell he's a little sitting there thinking in his coaching mind. Boy, you know what I could do with these guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, he had Robert Ori and Latrell Sprewell and those folks in Alabama, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Adams, Pat Adams, had called the game Saturday. Uh, we had David Cloniger, who uh, covers the game cost for the Charleston Post of Curry, does a great job. He's a podcast favorite. He's courtside for every game. So he gets to know all these guys. And he said, Pat Adams, the, the thing that's crazy uh, about that guy, he'll blow the whistle. And then go to the and not not know what he blew, blew the whistle for, and then go to the monitor. Goes to the monitor more than anybody in the world. He had Carolina's game with Georgia earlier this year. Look, I'm with you, Mike. We talked earlier this week. The the, the deciding foul on Carolina was a foul, and he called it. That's fine. Good call. Hmm. I went back and looked at the jump ball. All right, LSU has five fouls to give. The refs know they're going to foul. They fouled BJ Mack twice before they 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 tied him up. No whistle, and then he calls the jump ball. That was a bad call. Now I'm not blaming officiating because if you lose a 16 point lead at home, you know you probably deserve to lose. Uh, and I would be less inclined to even bring that up. Had South Carolina Mack and then Cooper both hit clutch threes 
to allegedly win the game. I mean, th- those were clutch shots. Um, but anyway, it's water under the bridge. Happy for LSU's kids, man. Uh, like I said, I watched them. They were kind of on the other screen when I was in Vegas. Got a, a, a nice long look at them playing Alabama. And, and Alabama was, of course, on fire like they are a lot. <laughs> He's drilling it from three. But but LSU would make a run. You know, Bama get up 13, 14. LSU would come back and tie it. Uh, those kids don't give up. And uh, I, I think that if he can, you know, just like LSU, the history of LSU basketball is this. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, stud recruiting class. Good, good. Sweet 16, maybe a final four. Good. And then, then inevitably something happens. A coach leaves or they get put on probation. And then they fall back to terrible. But but I think we're going to see LSU cycle up. I think McMahon is a good coach. So is Lamont Paris, for that matter. So is just about everybody else in the league. <laughs> yeah. But but I, 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 I it, you know beating Kentucky. That's, that's the thing. You know Kentucky got real full of themselves. You know went down. Oh, we beat mighty Auburn. We've arrived. And boy, Calipari, it's pulling. It's got to have to be pulling his hair out with this bunch. I mean, one step forward, two steps back by their standards. Not as um, much as their fan base is pulling their oh hair my. out. God, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's cat fur a flying there. Yeah, you know, and uh, the, the dudes. If, uh, if they don't make it to the second weekend this year, mm. and, and when we when you hear people say that, for those that don't know, that means you got to win the first two games, right? You got to get to the Sweet Sixteen. That's the second weekend. If they don't, get, they haven't been there since 2019. This is Kentucky we're talking about. This is like if Alabama football didn't make the Final Four of football for five years. That's a good way to get Kalen DeBoer fired. Uh, that could very well happen. and You can very well see a coaching change in like three years in Tuscaloosa if that happens. Um, by the way, I have thoughts on Eli Gold later on. Remind me to get to that oh, at yeah. some point. Let's go um, yeah, because we've had Chris Stewart on JC and Morgan. I've been a friend of Chris's for 20-something years. When that story broke yesterday when I was on the air here, I said, I promise you Chris Stewart's getting that job, and he deserves it. But that's a whole other story. Um, the... If Kentucky doesn't get to the Sweet 16, there is a, it's it's not just message board stuff. It's not just uh, the Twitter verse. Uh, it's a legitimate like okay, you have now lost your fan base, and Cal has had a lot of goodwill because he does all the other things right. He's got a little Dave Odom in him in that respect, right? Like Dave Odom, it's almost like sleight of hand. You might forget that we're underachieving. If I honor the 100-year anniversary of Gamecock basketball, if I bring some former players in, if I do certain things, Dave had all that down pat. Dave was a very likable guy and did a, did everything the right way. And But at the end of the day, the fans are like, yeah, I, I get it. You're good. You're nice. This is great. We're the wins. We're the tournaments. That's what we care the most about. And ultimately, it cost him his job. That Cal has all that goodwill. He's extremely likable. He's helped, you know, everything from tornado victims to the the, the coal miner and and taking his family and having him have free seats to Rupp Arena. Like he does everything the right way in that respect, where he is beloved personally. But if they don't win more, that fan base will turn. That fan base has in just unbelievable expectations in the sport of college basketball. They support it like no other. They tailgate for bat. They travel road games for basketball. And I don't just mean the six bigwigs that get on a charter flight with the team. They actually spend their own money 
on a commercial plane or on, a, on an RV and they drive to a basketball game to see a two-hour college basketball game in 32-degree weather. Not exactly tailgating weather. So it, it, it's different. It's just different over there. Uh, but but it's a t- look, they didn't play a terrible game. And Dillingham hits a clutch shot to give them the lead late and then kind of a flukish play at the end. You know, a kid kid misses a shot. Was it Jordan Wright? And then he just has the presence of mind to like tap it and and tap it up there for uh, for Ward to to catch it midair and just throw it up at the rim and hit it. And that's how they win. But again, uh, as it pertains to to Carolina, LSU is not an embarrassing loss in itself. It just stings the way you lost it. I think the the bye week for Carolina could not have come at a better time because my biggest concern for this team over the last couple months has been. They're not particularly deep, and you're you're almost forced to play Talon Cooper a ton of minutes. The last time I checked, he was number one in the SEC in minutes played. Maybe that's changed. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. But uh, at some point, legs do get a little heavy this time of year. Dog days of late February. I've seen a lot of good teams hit a wall in late February, and it's hard to climb back over it. So this that buy comes at a perfect time. And we'll see how Carolina plays in Oxford on Saturday. Yeah, and Cooper, Cooper's been, you you look at his stat lines, it's not just scoring, it was an assist too. We talked to John Whittle about this earlier this week, Mike, and you too. He just, he hasn't been himself. Um, I I thought actually when he hit the shot Saturday that was allegedly, at the time, we thought it was the game winner. Uh, I thought, well, that'll kind of maybe snap him out of it, but you know, point guards, basketball, things like that. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't know if he's in a slump or he was just tired. You know, you got to get your legs back. Basketball is a very strenuous up and down, up and down. Teams do get tired. Um, you don't get as much rest as you do in football or if you're a pitcher in baseball, uh, you know, and so it's uh, in, in Carolina, I think, along with Auburn, they were the last two teams to sort of have this off week. Uh, which is a new th- – I think it's a, a new thing this year in the SEC. It is, yeah. And um, I'm not sure if so, it's going to stay, J.C., next year when you add yeah. Texas, Oklahoma. I don't know how they're going to do it. I, I still think we should have 20 conference games uh, like other leagues do, but it's probably if we coming. do that, then we probably won't have a bye. It's crazy adding those two teams to the league. I, I they're Those are really good programs. You know, Oklahoma's obviously been the Final Fours and – things like that, um, going back to the Billy Tubbs days or even before, and then Texas uh, speaks for itself. Um, they're good at everything. Um, I also took a gander at what – you know, because right, so this whole thing in baseball, we'll talk baseball later, but hmm. I'm looking at the baseball, and I'm like, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are struggling right now. The mm-hmm. last – two last three national champions. Yeah. So I started thinking, you know, they're bad in and of themselves right now. Uh, it has nothing to do with the SEC, but – you start thinking about this league in baseball, adding tech. Texas may be the best program of all time in this sport in baseball. And Oklahoma's been to Omaha how many times? I mean, that sport, I, they may as well just put everybody in Omaha. I mean, it's it's over. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, but, but back to basketball, yeah, 20, 20 games. I don't know. Brad Brunell was complaining about the 20-game ACC schedule the other day. So I don't, nah. I don't know how – basketball get coaches will get – Hey, when they got to go far, basketball doesn't like that. Basketball coaches hate going far. Bayham used to complain. 
you know, I used to be able to go to Providence and now I got to go to Clemson, South Carolina on a Tuesday night, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. You're uh, on a charter flight. Yeah, football that, doesn't care, that you know, but, yeah. um, I, I think, I think, I think, and I don't, I don't think we've heard how they're handling basketball yet. Have we? I mean, we've heard baseball is going to be a one through 16 deal. Football is one through 16. Basketball did away with divisions a long time ago, right. but they haven't talked about increasing the number of games or anything like that. It's so. been talked about. Uh, it, it has been talked about, but it's it's just like what you said with Brownell. Uh, everybody realizes that the fans prefer conference games, just like in football, to watching a basketball team beat up on Longwood or Texas State or – you know, I'm not. I don't want to pick on the smaller schools in South Carolina. And of course, some of those some some of those games have been wins for the mighty SoCon against South Carolina and Clemson. But uh, most people would rather see 20, and it helps the league get more teams in because it helps your strength strength the schedule. Mm-hmm. I and mean, when people say why are, why isn't the Gamecocks net ranking better even before this two game skid, it's because the non con strength the schedule was not great. Well, if you add two more conference games, I guarantee you, even if you, let's just say you split them one and one, your net ranking would be better. So it, it's a win-win, and I think administrators like it. Coaches will always tell you, it's too much, it's already too hard, 18 is already a grind, I don't know if I want to. You can do it, all right? The ACC does it, the Big Ten, the Big Ten's talking about 22. Uh, so you, trust me, you, you can go to 20, everybody will be fine. Uh, you, you work just as hard and all that good stuff, but I, I hope we get to that point. Um, that was a junior high at the peak of my basketball career. Yes. We didn't play any non-conference. <laughs> we played all conference, all conference. It always comes back yeah. to junior high, JC in the little hoops. We're in the little, the little, it's either the little eight or the peach belt. I, I don't know which one we were in the peach yeah. belt. The other schools were a little late. And I remember cause, uh, the Dorman High School feeder team, we had one of those Fair Forest when we were in seventh grade. And they had this dude named Titus Shelton that dunked on me, like in seventh grade. That dude ended up being really good. Um, and then they left and went with the other two middle schools. So we had a seven-team league. And I always felt cheated because, uh, of course, nobody at DR Hill, the coach that year, didn't have the foresight to say, hey, maybe we should schedule a non-con or something. No, no. It's just we, we played only played, what, 12 games? Uh, you know, and that sucked. Your whole season I, was twelve games in middle school. Yeah. Oh, in middle yeah, middle school. school yeah, 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 middle school. Middle school. I don't even remember how many we played in middle school. I can tell you in high school how many we played. Hey, well, high school is normal. It was like twenty something. You know, you yeah. Have, and you'd have a Christmas tournament and all that fun jazz. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But boy, yeah, no, nah, that was a. I always felt cheated because, man, like, there's nothing. There was nothing like a Dr. Hill Tiger middle school basketball game day. You know, everybody wore their letter jackets. <laughs> the school and your sweats you know we uh-huh. had adidas shoes oh yeah i, w- I was really good we had really, uh, really good all conference i know what we we've talked about these accolades <laughs> we had we've had we had converse my high school coach which was a former uh college coach who hired doug mcdermott at creighton and and worked at northern iowa in basketball when a guy named kurt warner was their starting quarterback he he got us a deal with the Converse Energy Wave, and we just thought that was the that was the most aerodynamic sneaker ever invented. Mm-hmm. I mean, we walked around in those things like we were king, you know what? And now Converse is like 
they're still around, but like nobody wears them in basketball. They 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 owned it. They, the Larry Bird Magic Johnson commercials with Converse. Everybody wanted to wear Converse. Some guy named Jordan kind of changed all that. All yeah, right, I, over- I finally watched the movie Air the other day. By the way. Was it not outstanding? I, I thought lie? it was real. I thought it was amazing. Just to fantastic. I came in with low expectations. Well, hold that thought because we we're going to try to yeah. actually have some order on this show today. Hit breaks on time. And break. <laughs> I, I I just got through with three days of where like we weren't allowed to go thirty minutes without commercial breaks, and we got to have a little bit of a format here. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll I, I'm going to throw out a number for Carolina football. You were just in Vegas, JC. We're going to talk about that. And this in my hand, this is a D's Wings gift card for Columbia. Someone's going to win that. I'll throw out a question for that. Uh, look, if if you live in, like, Charlotte, don't take the D's gift card. If you can't go to D's in Columbia, Meeting Street, West Columbia, don't don't be that guy. Uh, but we'll throw something out, have a little fun with that. And basketball, baseball, football, it's all on the docket. We got you covered. It's the Power Hour presented by our friends Ryan Brewer-Fence and State Farm Agent Gary Patterson, two pillars of the South Carolina community. He's JC. He's Mad Dog. I'm Mike. Back in a moment. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Cole Joel here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. Endless summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer, just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. 
Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. We are back here on the Power Hour of Inside the Gamecocks. Mike Morgan, J.C. Sherbert, the Mad Dog, Phil Molinex, uh, presented by RyanBrewer.net. Ryan Brewer Fence, over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise. Their experience is your advantage. Set up an appointment today at RyanBrewer.net. Um we covered a lot of basketball, and we'll get to some baseball later on. I wanted to throw this number out as it pertains to football. Uh, JC, I don't know if this came out when you were in Vegas or right around that time. Did you guys happen to notice the 2024 SEC win total over-unders? Oh, one yeah. My f- five. Yeah, that's all. One of my, yeah, one of my favorite things to look at every year. So uh, five and a half the number. Did you guys get into that at all? I was actually going to mention it it during the power. I don't want, sometimes I'll list things and then I don't look down for a while. (laughs) And so I don't, I don't mention them, but uh, especially if the conversation is going elsewhere and, uh, and I apologize for this gigantic shadow of darkness on my webcam right now. I don't even know what's wrong, but it's, it's bothering me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of silhouette, I guess, but uh, no, I I saw it. Uh, We were going to mention it. Um, What do you think? I, I, I think is it fair? Yeah. Do I think South Carolina will surpass it? Yes. Um, it's kind of funny. Shane Beamer's two years here. I think it was. It's been four and a half, five and a half. Then I think it was six last year. Um, and 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 I think like something out of seven out of the last nine, South Carolina's either gone way over or way under the win total, uh, including when Will, Will Muschamp was the coach. So, hmm. um. It's one of those things. I mean, I was talking today about uh, to Wimp and Barry, uh, and about high expectations and, and who's going to, you know, because I think I think everybody's just going to kind of take the easy way out and say Georgia's going to win the whole thing in the league next year. Texas is going to be a solid number two. LSU, Alabama, and then you're going to talk. Everybody's going to talk incessantly about Ole Miss and Missouri all off season. And I warned everybody when it's when it's not a Big Six team. And what is the Big Six? The big six is the schools that have won the SEC championship since Archie Manning in 1963. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kentucky had one one year and it got called back because of probation or something, but no, nobody outside of the big six has won. And I'm not talking about going to the going in division. I'm talking about winning the SEC championship in football. Uh, and those are Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia. Those are the big six. In recent years, I have noticed a trend when a non-Big Six team in this league is hyped incessantly over the summer, whether they deserve it or not, that usually means a face plant's coming. You mean like Kentucky a couple years ago? Kentucky, right. yeah, that's the prime uh, example. I'll, yeah, yeah. I, I will throw Tennessee this past year out there. I yep. mean, you can't tell me they were 
looking at they were thinking they were going to go eight and four and oh, lose. Joe 30. Milton was supposed to be the best quarterback in college football. JC, did you get the memo? They lose thirty six to seven to Missouri on the road. No, nobody thought that. I mean, everybody was talking about how that game in November in Knoxville was going to decide the East, and that maybe when Georgia's winning, and that was the same old Georgia blowout that it always is, you know. Um, and and so I'd, I'd just be very careful. Now Tennessee is a Big Six team, but they haven't acted like it in. 20 something years, you <laughs> right. know? Uh, and so, but, but I, I noticed that South Carolina, I mean, so the 2018 team that Muschamp had, which was his best offense and then the defense got destroyed by injuries and a loss early to Georgia that everybody, you know, a lot of people picked that upset and it just didn't have, they got destroyed uh, or derailed it. That team, a lot of people, your, yours truly picked them to go 11 and two. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, well, they went, they went from three to six to nine. They can right. get to 11. Uh, that wasn't meant to be, although the offense was better and all that. So, you know, Missouri, the year they had Kelly Bryant. Remember, Kelly Bryant was going to win the national championship <laughs> in Missouri. He, he couldn't throw the ball downfield. And the next thing you know, Barry Odom's getting fired with a 500 record. Um, it, it, you know, Mississippi State sometimes has had those ex- – I mean, it's just – it's that difficult. And so I, I would I would caution – fans of Mizzou and Ole Miss that like, look, man, you know, just be, I would almost, if I'm Eli drink, what's her Lane Kiffin, I'd almost pull the rat poison thing out and be like, I don't listen to it. You know, Missouri yeah. also, I expect, I mean, and look, I, I have some connections to that staff out there. They're very confident. They're going to be very good next year. Uh, but man, they, you look at the NFL draft numbers, like you mentioned, Mike, Missouri's about to get eight guys drafted, eight. Now they're good in the portal and they'll go they had a good portal hall, but man, oh man, I just I just, you know, you kind of wonder. But I mean most people are gonna take the easy way out and pick Georgia uh and stuff like that. But um That's a high number yeah. though. Have you seen Georgia's schedule yeah, for ten and a half? And a half. Yeah, ten yeah. and a half. And that's uh and they got LA. Texas and Bama and uh oh shoot. I just forgot the third toughest game. I mean it it's well they that they, they do play Clemson, right? Um, well, close to the open, yeah. In a, in a non-con, but even there's another really stingy. Uh, oh, they they got Ole Miss at Ole Miss, right? I think they're at Oxford. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, all it <laughs> to Georgia could have a really good year and go ten and two, and you just lost the bet. Texas is ten and a half, uh, and then Bama, Ole Miss, LSU, and Missouri nine and a half, and you and I are thinking the same way because I saw that and I'm like, you know what? I'm not saying that Ole Miss is going to have a collapse, and I'm not saying Missouri is going to have a collapse, but they could have a minor setback. Minor a setback. A minor setback. Yeah, and, just kind of like And that's in the under, right? I mean, if I, could have, if I could have bet on Missouri to win 10 games in Vegas, I mean, they would they no. go every – they had a Division II walk-on running back that led the league in rushing. They had a quarterback that their own fan base booed in week one play nearly mistake-free football. They had a coach that their fan base wanted fired at the beginning of the year, and now he's the toast of the town, and he's seen at every basketball game uh, and, and, and loving every minute of the coverage. A lot of things went right for Missouri, and I realize Luther Burden is back, and they do have some key players back, but I can't find myself to bet on Mizzou to win 10 games. That's the number in Vegas, nine and a half. Yeah, think about uh, it. It, it, it could like just like that Kelly Bryant team that started four zero. It could be fool's gold because they got four straight home games to open. Mike, you got mm-hmm. the Jody Wright 
Phil, former Gamecock uh, tight ends coach Jody Wright and his Murray State Racers. That's the yeah, opening sacrificial right. lamb. Uh, and then they then they, see this is this is kind of funny. Then guess who comes to town after that? Pete Limbo and his Buffalo Bulls. So they <laughs> open with two former South Carolina assistants right off the top. Now here you you want something to circle that says they could get out coached, right? Uh, keep in mind too that this is going to be an, when you talk about Missouri specifically. Their defensive coordinator, like, okay, so I'll take I'll tell you a little story. I'll take you back in time. Two years ago, 2021, Missouri had the worst defense I've ever seen. One of the worst. Tennessee, I mean, they couldn't stop anybody except South Carolina. Guess who their D.C. was? Steve Wilkes, who was the D.C. for the 49ers this year and the interim coach for the Panthers a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't think he could figure out college offenses and how to stop it. So they promote this Baker guy that was un, uh, worked for Skip Holtz at Louisiana Tech. And this dude is legit, right? That defense went from terrible to really, really good almost overnight. They were really, really good last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't be blocked in some games. Well, guess what? He went to LSU. He said yeah. he's out. Audi 5,000. So, 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 so where is that fit factor into all this uh, when it comes to Missouri? I think it's huge. And, yeah, you want an out? You, you want to know you could get out coached game? September 14th when Boston College comes to Como and Bill O'Brien is on the mm-hmm. sidelines dialing up plays for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Bill, o- I don't care what anybody says, Bill O'Brien is a equalizer uh, when it comes to tough situations. Now, he may not have been everybody's you know, favorite play caller for the Patriots or, or Alabama, for God's sake, but you, know, you put him back at Penn State or, or wherever he's coached that's kind of an underdog, and that guy can get it done. And then Vanderbilt intrigues me a little bit because they went and got the offensive coordinator from New Mexico State under Jerry Kill and also that quarterback. So so Vandy's going to kind of have a chance. I don't think Vandy beats Missouri. I don't know that Boston College does. But there's two that could, you know, those two could get a One of those two could get away. And then here's where the fun starts. At Texas A&M. At UMass. Who scheduled that? (laughs) Auburn comes in for homecoming. You don't think Hugh Freeze is going to sit there and uh, with his old uh, Arkansas state of Arkansas connection, Eli Drinkwitz? You don't think he's going to sit there and tell his team, "Look, these guys scheduled for homecoming." Then you go at Alabama. Well, then you're off. Then you renew your rivalry with Oklahoma. Then you go to Columbia to play the Gamecocks and Williams Bryce, and then at Mississippi State before ending with Arkansas. So, you know, the first four they could get off to a four-zero start, be in the top ten. And then it just gets brutal. I mean, you know, I, I, I would, you know, ten wins. You're right, Mike. That's a against this schedule. That's a little much because, uh, you know, a lot of teams. Yeah, could they win at A and M? Absolutely. Could A and M beat them? Absolutely. Same with Auburn. Same with Bama. And uh, I think Carolina obviously is due in this series big time, and the game's at Williams Bryce. Yeah, that becomes a, a huge game. Yeah, and it's late mm-hmm. November, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll tell you this right now: it's. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's some of these win totals are are, are interesting. Well, so, I mean, again, um, this is not a knock on Missouri. Missouri could go nine and three, and that would be to me that'd be another feather in the cap of Eli oh, Drinkwitz. Yeah. I mean, if you met, and by the way, that number you mentioned, that's powerful here in the Power Hour presented by Love Chevy. I I did not know the Big Six has won every SEC championship since '63. Is that right? They up there is a Kentucky in there, like they but went probation. 10, but pro, Jerry Claiborne 
but it was a coach. Even with the probation, it was a co-championship. The SEC used to be kind of shady and weird with how they scheduled. Like before expansion, and, and they set it at eight games. SEC teams sometimes would play like five or six league games, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like like one year, Georgia played uh, North Carolina or somebody, and they counted it as an SEC game. <laughs> I go back and read so as pre Roy Kramer, it was a cluster. You yeah. know, the, as, uh, Alabama and Ole Miss didn't play each other for 20 years when Bear Bryant was at Alabama because he just didn't want to play Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, that was when it was it, – at some. At, that was when it was beyond a rudderless ship. Like, you truly – you had no rudder, you had no captain, you had no steering wheel. You just threw a bunch of teams on a boat in the middle of the, of the Atlantic and you said, let's see what happens. Let's, let's have some fun here. That's kind yeah. of – like, nobody was running much of anything. Politics were even more – uh, overwhelming than they are now, but I I, I want to. That's 60, 60 years, sixty years Never that happened. nobody outside LSU, Bama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee has won the league. So when mm-hmm. you hear like yeah, anybody can win it and it's the deepest league, well, it is the deepest league. I'll stand by that. But the anybody can win it uh, until the other programs start winning it. I'm not going there and. Now you're adding Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> it's just like I keep saying, eight and four for a lot of programs is a really good year. Yeah, but eight think, and four now could be ninth place in the SEC with no divisions. I, I think Barry Trammell, I think is his name. He writes for the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City yeah. paper. He had a column the other day. He's like Sooner fans, you you may want to kind of adjust your expectations win total wise they're because at seven eight, and a half eight and four would be a good season yeah they lost a lot mike on their offensive line they're they're counting on this quarterback jackson arnold to be a stud and, and dylan gabriel of course you know brad crawford said well D- dylan gabriel's the re- that's the reason dylan gabriel left and went to oregon okay that's fine hmm. but you know like i said i also talked to somebody that coached against oklahoma this past year and texas and he said, Texas is ready athletically. He said, Oklahoma, they don't look anything like an No, SEC. no. I had them two years ago, and it was it was omnipresent that they're not yeah. there yet. They're, yeah. they're just, when, when Lincoln Riley left, he, he ravaged the talent, particularly on the offensive end, said, come out mm-hmm. west with me, right, including his quarterback. And it's almost as if he knew he was leaving because the recruiting dropped off. Like there was a time where Oklahoma every year you were looking at top 20 talent on the field. That's not what to be fair to Venables. It's not what he was left with. And, and he's trying to build, uh, he's trying to dig himself out of a hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, you know, so yeah, they, they may be surprisingly bad, but it also, but also maybe a Missouri situation, Mike, like Missouri came into the league, went five and seven, did not look good doing it in 2012. And then the next year won the division because their younger players got better hmm. and they, they happen to be good. So uh, I don't rule out new teams coming in and, and competing, but they rarely win the league. Rarely, rarely. I mean, even Johnny Manziel in 2012 or, 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 or yeah, whenever they upset Bama or whatever, I don't I don't know that that team goes to uh, Atlanta and knocks off Georgia or Bama or whatever in that situation. Texas trying to be the exception uh, to that rule, no doubt about that. Uh, there's some college football playoff news 
Our buddy Tim Brando knew what he was talking about when he was on J.C. and Morgan. We'll have more on that. We'll also give away a gift card from D's Wings. We'll also have our Love Chevy drive around the SCC. It is ITG on a Thursday, back after a quick timeout. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, and, and which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game Pops. Another installment of ITG inside the Gamecocks. Mike JC, Mad Dog. Um, for those that don't listen to JC and Morgan, shame on you. For those that do, Tim Brando is a regular guest of ours. And the last time we had him on, we started talking about the 12 team playoff. And the first thing he said is, guys, remember, that's only for two years. Don't be surprised if it's 16 team playoff. Uh, that would be, what, 2026 20, and beyond. Well, 
our uh, our friend Pete Thamel wrote about this, who we will also have on JC and Morgan here soon, about the meeting that happened the other day. And everybody just assumed that it was kind of a done deal. It was going to be 12, at least for the two years, the five plus seven format, right? All of a sudden, you're hearing all these reports about, wait a minute, they were talking about a 14-team playoff. And it wasn't just like one guy in the room. You know, there's always that one guy. It's got to be different. Well, my idea is better than yours. 14 instead of 12. How about that? How about them apples? Uh, There were a number of people in the room that wanted more, not less than 12. And, of course, everything boils down to finances, right? But the Big Ten and SEC made it clear the next contract will be more financially favorable than the current one where 80% of the money is split evenly among the Power Five leagues. Now, do any of us feel like the SEC and the ACC or the Big Ten versus the Big 12 are on even ground right now? Anybody think that? Oh, yeah, they'd be foolish to think that. They'd be foolish to think that. So uh, they basically are saying we want more. And 14 was the number that was discussed. There is even some momentum in the room that would say the SEC and the Big Ten, instead of getting one automatic bid, would get four. So there's eight of the 14. But imagine that. Every year, the SEC is guaranteed four teams in the college football playoff. I don't know... If that's going to come to fruition or not, but as Pete writes, uh, the fact that this was heavily discussed, that is a sense of momentum and optimism that this kind of thing is going to happen. So it doesn't look like we're going to stay at 12 for very long. If they're already talking about 14, guys, there's a good chance uh, it's going to get to a higher number, and there's a good chance the two most powerful conferences led by the two most powerful men in the sport are going to insist on more than one automatic bid. I think this, and I said this on JC and Morgan, I think they're, you know, I guess the, the logic behind 14 is you still incentivize league champions because only they could get the buys. Right. Look, man, you, you, you two more teams. You're talking about one more game to go to 16. Do you really, really honestly think when everybody else is playing and, and you got to take three weeks off instead of two and everybody else is playing and they got to, you know, you're, you're, say you're uh, Alabama and then you're sitting there and, at home and you're looking at droves of people in Athens and Auburn and, Baton Rouge and, 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 and state college and Madison and Ann Arbor and, and, you know, Clemson, wherever else, don't you think your fans and, and those fans gripe and complain? I heard, I've heard it because I do radio over there. Uh, notice Bama on their future schedules. They don't have a whole lot of these neutral site games. They used to do every single year because their fans are complaining because they don't get enough good home games. Do you, I mean, do you, do, I, I don't, I don't think that by when you're talking about a four, like ever, you know, incentivizes anybody. Cause it's not like the NFL where, okay, well you get this week off, but you're going to go play the next week. You're talking about like 10, 11, 12 days between all these rounds. Anyway, um, coaches already complain, well, we stop and start and get ready for the bowl. And that's almost a different team. You get back and you got to work them through up for Christmas and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think I think people are undervaluing these home playoff games. 
I, I think I think Notre Dame's sitting there going, okay, great. We, we don't even have to ever join a league. And instead of us having to play a championship game, you know, we just get a home playoff game to play. Great. Sign us mm-hmm. up. Come right. up to South Bend in December. See what happens if the wind's blowing. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just uh, – so I don't know that um, – you know, I, I I would have thought 16 would have been the right number, but I, I after reading these things, I guess the idea is we still need some incentives for the conference championship games, and that's right. You know, yeah. to get these guys to go play. But I don't shoot, I don't know. I I I think eventually they're going to say, all right, we're going to be plenty motivated for these the SEC championship game or whatever. Plenty motivation. Just give us a home game. <laughs> yeah, I I had I had somebody mention to me on on the show in Atlanta yesterday, like. Do you, do you think teams will just kind of tank the conference championship games, you know, bench their top players and just to get ready for the playoff? And I'm like, hell no. No, this isn't baseball where, like, you save your number one starter in a regional for the more competitive game in the second, you know, the instead of the 4-1 matchup where you know you're going to beat the tar out of the champion of the MEAC, well, let's just go ahead and save our ace for the second round game against opponent from the ACC. Okay. Uh, they don't do that in football. <laughs> when the, when the bright lights are on at the Mercedes dome in Atlanta, uh, Kirby smart's not going to be like, you know what, Carson Beck, you sit this one out. Uh, where are my top defensive linemen? Yeah. You, you're going to sit this, go ahead and just wear a suit. You're wear a hoodie. You're, you're not playing this game. We're going to save it for the play. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen in big time college football. So, uh, the motivation will always be there to win conference championship games. Teams will go all out. There's always going to be a distinct honor to say you were the SEC champion. That is always going yeah. to be a huge deal. Yeah, so you get a trophy, man, and it's a and it's an earned thing through the regular through the regular season. You know, you mm-hmm. you had to have one of the two best years in the league regular season wise to get to that game. So, right. yeah, I, I think I don't think they're going anywhere. One thing I do think is we may end up seeing rivalry weekend not be what it is in its current. They're, they're, they're kind of hinting around about that. The Clemson AD mentioned that every there's every I – mean, and look, we can get into this later. Some fans want to drop Clemson now. You're, you're cutting out, JC. You're, oh, oh sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, hold, hold that thought because I hear I'll the music too. Hold that thought. Hour number two is coming up. Still much more to get to. Keep, keep, keep it right here inside the Gamecocks. Back with more of the Power Hour presented by Ryan Brewer Fence and State Farm agent Gary Patterson serving the Midlands in just a moment. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. 
It's the season of love, and there's no sweeter time and place to feel it than today at Love Chevrolet. The heart-pounding rumble of the Silverado High Country. The captivating 2024 Chevy Trax SUV, most affordable in its class. No matter what features you're looking for in a brand new Chevy, your match is waiting for you right now at Love Chevy. In this 63rd season of love, your trusted hometown Chevy dealer is proud to carry on the tradition of honesty, integrity, and treating customers like family. No fast talk, no gimmicks, no ridiculous add-on stickers. Simply the best selection of new Chevys at South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer right now and ready to drive home today. Don't forget about the $1,000 low price guarantee. Wow, there's a lot to love about Love Chevy. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Together, let's drive. That's the power. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks!
And we welcome you back. It is hour number two of Inside the Gamecocks, the Power Hour, presented by Ryan Brewer Fence and State Farm Agent Gary Patterson, Mike, JC, Mad Dog Phil. Uh, Got a lot to get to in the next two hours. Later on, we'll have our Love Chevy drive around the SEC. We'll revisit some basketball, probably have a guest to talk some about the SEC right now in hoops, including the upcoming matchup between the Gamecocks and the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, and also, we're going to give away a D's Wing gift card. I think this one is twenty-five. It's either twenty or twenty-five bucks. But either way, you're going to be having some good food on the house from Billy and the gang at D's over there in Meeting Street in West Columbia. But before we get to all that, JC, we were rudely interrupted by the technical glitch that comes out every now and then. Yeah, sometimes when we start, the, I guess I was the start the music victim that time because you can't tell. Like I can tell when I'm freezing up on my end because uh, you guys start to freeze up, but am I freezing up now? No. Am I good? Well, there's certain things like it doesn't ever affect Mike in a negative way. So I was trying to catch it with Mike there at the end, but it it went. But I was running my. But but no no yeah you popped right up just as the the music was was like ah. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's all right. It normally happens to JB because he's taking us to break. But anyway. Um, and it, and it won't, it'll last until you call the other person out on it and then they stop talking and you're, or you call about, you say, Hey, are you step in? And then the other person quits. It's weird. It's, it's very, six to eight very seconds of bizarre. Interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. Something stream yard needs to fix. I, I was talking about rivalry weekend and I, I, I think this is interesting because right now, and we all love rivalry weekend, right? Um, although as Mike points out, it rarely lives up to the hype. <laughs> it's like Better you know, teams typically win. Yeah, yeah, you can throw out the record books. Nah, you really nah, can't. You can't. <laughs> the better teams usually win. Uh, we did have an exciting Iron Bowl this year with a major underdog. Yeah, and two two years ago the games did live up to the hype, but um, I you know that's sitting there right there on Thanksgiving weekend. I have a feeling that's going to change. I I have a feeling those are going to be kind of pushed back more towards middle of the year, uh, mm. and I'll and I'll tell you why because you, you want to protect those games, right? You're going to ultimately at some point have a situation where that weekend Michigan's playing Ohio State, and then because of no divisions, the next weekend Michigan's going to be playing Ohio State. Uh, for the Big Ten and, and seeding in the playoff or whatever, uh, and I'm, I, I I agree with whoever's wanting to keep the the, the regular season still going to be one of the best in all sports. Don't get me wrong, but I think the timing of those games to avoid situations like that because at that point, if everything is equal, what does it matter that you beat your rival on on Thanksgiving weekend when you if you turn around and lose to them the next week? So I do think you would have situations where players get sat and all that. It's not going to sit too well, fans. But you know, why why would you want to play Ohio State eight straight quarters? I mean, I, I don't know that that proves anything. So uh, in the Clemson AD uh, here in South Carolina, he was asked about that, and they're like, "Well, no, we're going to keep playing Carolina for forever." Uh, so those of you that are wishful thinking that they're going to Clemson, South Carolina's just going to drop Clemson or whatever. That's never going to happen. Not no, nor should it. it will never. No, I, I don't agree with that either. Um, but we may see it move back to mid October or dare I even say September 
uh, have it as a, 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 a game that is closer uh, to the front of the schedule. Uh, now, Clemson to South Carolina, obviously right now, and I'm going to stress right now, <laughs> are going to play one week and then for a conference title the next. But Alabama and Auburn could very well. You know, Texas and Texas A&M could very well. Michigan and Ohio State could very well. Um, I think UCLA is going to be crummy, very, very, very crummy in the Big Ten. But let's say they get it together. Those are the two best Big Ten teams. They could very well do that. And so I think that um, I, I think that's if you're looking for something that's going to kind of maybe be different. Uh, it's that it's that rivalry weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. I think they'll come to some sort of a, a consensus where. You know, maybe it uh, maybe maybe everybody decides, hey, we're going to go first week of October, all rivals, and, and something like that. You so, are about right, to yeah. put the South Carolina Earth off its axis, talking about moving the Clemson game. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on this. Do you think there's a fair number of fans that would, would want to move that game after all these years being the final week well, of the regular season? Like your logic is all right. I I don't mm-hmm. argue with anything you just said, but. There's such a comfort zone. I get, like Michigan, Ohio State. You're in the same league. You're right. You could playing twice in two weeks. That just seems like an awkward yeah. situation to be in. But you don't have to worry about that with Carolina, Clemson, because you're in two different conferences. So, you really think that there'd be enough momentum to actually move that game? But it hadn't always it hadn't always been the week after Thanksgiving aware, either. Yeah. It used to be the week before, and there was something called Big Thursday. I know 1960, I think Uh, they played that game in Columbia every year. And and big Thursday was not Thanksgiving. It was October, mid October. So they did for a lot, you know, 68, I guess we're going on 85 years now. (laughs) Uh, Jeez. Uh, They did used to play it in in the middle of the year. And maybe you kind of go and maybe you do, maybe if you're Clemson and Carolina, you, you say, all right, we're going to play on a Thursday night and first week of October. And, Devil be damned, it's Big Thursday, and here you go, rest of the country. I, I don't know exactly what they do. I think they will keep it in its current spot for as long as they possibly can. But if you watch some of these – if some of these conference rivalry games, the Iron Bowl, the Egg Bowl, uh, gosh, you know, Texas, Texas A&M, they start getting moved back, and it becomes more traditional for, for you know, rivalries to get moved back, even though it's out of conference. Uh, I think you could you could definitely see that, and, and it, it's a shame in a lot of ways. But you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even saying Clemson and Carolina couldn't end up being a conference game at some point. Uh, you know, but uh, I think that's a that, whole uh, other can that's of a whole different can of worms. But uh, <laughs> I, I could I could see I could see those games getting getting moved. Uh, really, to preserve them, you know, wh- yeah. rather than maybe sully them. Because you've got to play, you got a conference title matchup the next week between the same two teams, and you don't really know how to handle it. The one advantage to that, and I've always said this: um, look, the more eyeballs you have on your games, the better it is for your program long term. Right? We all understand that. Get out of the get out of the bubble, get out of the fishbowl. Uh, if you want to be closer and closer to a national brand, you want people to see your games and and be intrigued by your games. Carolina Clemson, we all know what it means to the state of South Carolina. Uh, I loved covering that game. Uh, It was an, uh, it's such a, what makes it unique 
very similar to Auburn, Alabama, is that there are no pro teams. Uh, the entire state just lives on those two programs in that matchup. Unfortunately, on Rivalry Saturday, it gets lost in the shuffle nationally, right? I mean, there's just it's just so Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Florida State. Um, there's just so many uh, bedlam we're not going to have anymore, which is unfortunate. But if you did move it like you're talking about, the one thing I could say positive about that is a lot of people that have no idea how great a rivalry that is would all of a sudden be introduced to it. You know, like you'd be forced to watch. What's ha- what's what's made the A? No one ever talked about Ole Miss Mississippi State outside of the Magnolia State for decades. No one cared outside of that state until they started playing it on off nights, Thursday night, Friday night, and all of a sudden there's, you're like the only game in town. And guess what? Everybody is like, oh yeah, this is a cool matchup. I like watching that because they moved off of Saturday. They moved off the, the biggest, best weekend in college football's regular season every year, and they played on an off night. So that that is the one advantage to the scenario you're talking about. I still think it would piss a lot of people off. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think it would piss a lot of people off to play that and play it in the middle of what's going to be a nine-game conference grind. Like, you know, where are you going to sandwich that bad boy in between – you know, Ole Miss and Tennessee in between A&M and Auburn. Like, that's – I don't know how that'll 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 go over. Maybe you open uh, – maybe rivalry weekend's yeah. opening. Yeah, the big opening weekend or, you know, we were talking about scheduling formats and the group of five and all of that. And, you know, what I would love to see is where, you know, you get two, air quotes, preseason games against like an in-state small school – uh, so where they still get their payday because eyes are still going to be on it. It's the first couple of games of the season. And then you play your nine-game conference slate with one Power 5 opponent being the 10th, and the only thing your record is judged upon for the end of the year is the last 10 games, the ones where you've played conference games as well as one Power 5 opponent. Uh, you could adjust that for independence and whatnot, but you could easily move that game to the beginning of that slate where you've already played two tune-up games, and then you play your conference rival, uh, what, that would be third week in September, and then you mm-hmm. just finish out with conference and set it up similar to basketball or baseball where you play your non-cons up front, and then you finish with your conference slate. It's interesting. I see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, the Big Ten does that really anyway. There's occasionally a... Ohio State, Indiana, like this year at the beginning, or Minnesota will play Nebraska or something to open it. But the most of the Big Ten schools go like even four non-cons and then the rest, or, or three now, and then the rest. And it's usually Max City. It's Max City till the end. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's just one of those things. It's, uh, you know, I, I, if you want to, if something that would be a something that we would all have to get used to. Uh, in a lot of different markets, that's moving those rivalry games because I just, I, and it's not even going to be because of Clemson Carolina. It's going to be probably because, like I said, you know they want to, they want to maximize when Ohio State plays Michigan, no matter when it is, and you could get into a really terrible situation uh, with with regards to the regular season aspect of it if you're having to go play them right, again. I mean, that's the only other thing crazy. I would add. Because if you look at all angles of this, and uh, 
I, I can't. I'm reading some of the things on chat row <laughs> because Clemson's had the the better of the rivalry recently, minus twenty twenty two, with when Shane and the boys pulled off a hell of an upset on the road. You know, if this if we ask this question in the middle of a five game winning streak that Steve Spurrier had, <laughs> I think most fans would be like, "Keep it where it is. That's right. Uh, leave it alone. <laughs> leave it alone for why are you guys even suggesting this? Damn you!" I put a well, pox on you, J.C. Sherbert, and your entire family. Uh, it's, yeah, it's the in-state cross conferences that are going to be the collateral damage in this because it's well, the conference slated ones that are, you know, going to kind of yeah. ruin it. Because you could have scenarios with an expanded playoff that two teams play each other thrice in the span of four weeks. Yeah, and that's not and it, people are going to get upset about that. And I'll tell you this, there's money to be made on Thanksgiving weekend with regards to this a big football weekend anyway. So I think the leagues will start to man, and I think that's probably where Grant and F is coming from. I think the leagues are going to probably mandate, okay, we're going to all play conference games that weekend. Everybody's going to play a conference game. Um, Just because you don't want that to turn into SoCon Saturday, do you? No. You you want those big matchups. And so that – I think that would force the issue as well, you know, especially going to nine conference games in the SEC. That's uh, there, there's um, there, there's something to be said about that. But anyway, we, we've talked a long time about that. That's uh, more of a, I think, a, a June conversation to have. But uh, the expanded playoff news certainly uh, facilitated that, and that's something I want everybody to get ready, ready of, ready, ready for, because it could it could move. Maybe maybe not five years, 10 years, but at some point I do expect the, the rivalries to move uh, to a different weekend. By the way, um, under the current format, this is from our buddy Barrett Salee. Uh, this is what the 12-team playoff he thinks will look like this year. So obviously there's a little forecasting here. Um, but as we know, college football at the top is very often painfully predictable. So it's not going out on a limb, for example, to predict Georgia as the number one seed, Ohio State as the number two. Keep in mind, these are all four conference champions that have to be the top four under the current format. So he's got Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma State. Those would be the four power four champions. Now we get to the wild cards, five through 11. Texas, Oregon, Notre Dame, Alabama, Utah, Ole Miss, Michigan, and then we got to get the group five in. This uh, avoids a potential lawsuit, which I think was part of the uh, reasoning behind it. Tulane is your American Athletic Conference champion. They would be the 12 seed. And again, one through four would get the bye. So that's what he's predicting it would look like now. And obviously it could be different, but nothing he has in that top 12 is out of left field. But that's what a 12-team playoff could very well look like. Any thoughts? Yeah, Opinions? same old. Yeah, that's yeah, not, that's not, not a lot of I'm in favor of grouping there. Notre Dame and all independents in with the group five. Well, you essentially – Yeah, you know, that well, way, you know, hey, if, if Notre Dame is higher ranked than the number one group five champion, then so be it. Let Notre Dame be that representative. That way you don't have to feed a two lane to, you know, somebody because I mean, here's, uh, here's the thing. I mean, and then you're like, Hey, join a conference or, or, you know, 
I, so I, I'm telling you, this is your fate. Now it won't happen, but it won't happen. And and Notre Dame would be the team almost every year. Right. Right, Unless they're just having a really, but, but I'm telling you as much as I like to think that the the people running this, did this out of the warmness of their heart, from what I understand and people that I trust, what they've told me is that if they did not, have the clause to get a group five champion in this thing every year, the group five was going to get together and file antitrust litigation. And I'm not a lawyer. I'm not smart enough to figure that out if they would have any chance of winning it. But I know this much, they didn't want to deal with it. Like who wants to deal with all that nonsense? Uh, They did it to themselves. I I don't, the group of five is like the most bizarre I mean, they basically, they're like stunt doubles or, 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 or tackling dummies. I mean, they, most of that level of football now might left a good situation at FCS. Just look at the Sun Belt. You know, Marshall had Randy Moss and Eric Kresser and won championships at FCS. Oh, well, well we're going to go big time now. Well, all right. Congratulations. The Camellia Bowl is waiting on you. I, I just... They did it to themselves. I mean, uh, Jamie Chadwell was quoted, we just, we're a farm system now. Yeah, you are in more ways than one because of your insistence on being treated with, with, uh, I don't want to say equally, but, but with, so, you know, we, with your greediness and wanting to get a piece of someone else's pie instead of making your own pie, that's what you are. You're a greedy, sell it all for the money. People, people think big time schools are like this. No, no, no. You are selling it all for the money. You sold out any chance of a championship chasing the check, chasing the dollars. Isn't that what everybody's and, doing? Well, for well, not well, no, last time the, 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 the big schools are having a playoff, man. We don't have to, I know, we don't have like, to worry about the Rose Bowl why, anymore. Why do you That's think good. Florida State wants to get out of the ACC? Why do you think Absolutely. Wants, they're chasing I, I, the money? But I'm saying there's a difference between chasing the money when you have. Uh, you want to compete at the highest level and chasing the money and saying, thank you, sir, may I have another, because you're never going to be able to compete. Never, you know, for, and, and UCF and then those schools better think they're lucky stars. They got into the big 12 because I mean, like I was shocked. Well, okay. Liberty's spending money. Chadwell's a good coach. Why are you complaining? You know, why, why are you complaining about access to the playoff? Because you could easily have your own product, which is 10 times more compelling which would make your fans 10 times happier. And you probably make more, just as much money because television would be all over it. Why, why, why not? Why, why are we sitting here playing this game where like Phil said, uh, you know, two lanes sacrificed to whoever. Now I will say this. I'm not saying the group of five representative will never win because frankly had Liberty gone to Tallahassee this year and played Florida state with that quarterback situation, there's a shot. The flames would have won. Uh, as it stood, they got blown out by Oregon. You know, we, we live in a world where Tulane beat Southern Cal. I'm not saying there's no shot to win a game. I'm just saying there's no shot to win at all. And, and you have programs on that level that are sitting on multiple FCS national championships. And you've let the power base of the entire sport at the FCS level go to the Rocky Mountains and, and remote Northwest, the Dakotas of Montana. There's no good Southern schools left because they all want to go to FBS. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I get it. I understand it is what it is, but the group of five doesn't need to complain or sue and, or, or talk about how, well, it's really 
power six or not. You are what you are. You elected to come to this level to be tackling dummies and fodder, cannon fodder, accept your role, cash your check, and move on. But they're not going <laughs> to. I mean, they, the threat of litigation is real. And, and they are they are absolutely going to go. And when you start throwing words like antitrust in there, I, I, again, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't think they should have a leg to stand on. Like, I, I, I don't disagree with much of what you said, but I also think that in a court of law, what little I know about antitrust, they might have a shot. So, yeah, like what Quantrill says, no, the SEC and Big Ten is not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Of course not. They're doing this to avoid conflict. I truly believe that. Unnecessary conflict. As this thing expands to 14 and 16, how much harm is it to let Tulane in it? Let them go in. Let them take, as you would say, JC, their whooping uh, in the first round. And then the other 13 or 15 schools can play for the bigger stakes. I, I, I'm not I'm not too overly bent out of shape about it, to be honest with you. It's like, okay, fine, you, you're in there. Yeah, you and I both would love a, a group of five playoff. I think that could do well, but they yeah. clearly they don't want to do that. I know. They're going just, to. Because they're greedy. It's greedy, greedy, greedy. I'm convinced you know, I'm everybody, everybody in the sport is greedy. <laughs> I'm not convinced everybody else did. But that, that's one where, like, their greed – has as limited and look, you can find examples at the power five level, like Nebraska and the big 10, their, their greed has caused them to not be able to compete like they once did. Uh, but I, I just, you know, these guys are just the group of five. There's cat. I mean, and, and it would be such a, such an intriguing product if they had their own championship. I mean, yeah. dude, I'd turn it, I'd tune in to watch, well, uh, yeah, they, they could make Troy versus, that. In the whoever season. won the Mountain West, Boise State, Troy, that would, you know, something like that. James Madison versus, uh, you know, I mean, I don't he, know. You know what the problem is? Everybody thinks they're going to be the next UCF. UCF for years was a 1AA school, a commuter school, a distant fourth behind the big three in Florida. They fought, they fought, they fought, they fought. Then all of a sudden, they got clearance to be FBS. Uh, they were good some years. They had a couple of like 0 and 12 seasons. They were not good some years. They fought, they fought, they fought. Boom. They beat Auburn in the bowl game. They claim a mythical national championship. Uh, they continue to become a brand name, get some TV out there. And before you know it, boom, they're in the Big 12. That's what you can't convince these other schools that they can't do that either. You can't con- you just yeah. you just cannot convince that they in their mind they are going to be the next UCF. Or you could be the next USF, and you sit there in the abyss as you watch UCF uh, have success and be in a power conference, and you continually suck and can't you keep hiring bad coaches and keep putting together a mediocre product. So it's one of those two. Quantrell says Greg Sankey going in thief of night, thief of night, and taking Oklahoma and Texas is greedy. I, I, you know, like look, yeah, you look, he did what was best for his conference. Now, these people that want to blame the fact that now they have bi-coastal conferences and things that make absolutely no sense and uh, and all this other stuff, the alliance or whatever, they want, they want to blame Sankey for that. They're stupid. That's the most intellectually dishonest argument I've ever heard. Oklahoma and Texas are contiguous. They're contiguous states. The SEC already has Texas A&M. 
Uh, Oklahoma City is right there between Arkansas and Texas, the Panhandle. It's right there in the footprint near Missouri, too. Uh, they are big football playing state uni- flagship state universities, just like almost every other school in the league. Um, so so you, you're telling me they don't fit? And then that, 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 that's greed. Uh, but going to Los Angeles and, and adding UCLA and Southern Cal into the Big Ten is not? It's capitalism. They're all capitalists. I love capitalism. I love capitalism, but I'm still in favor have, of it. <laughs> you can you can make decisions based on based on capital you know, capitalist ideas that can hurt things until you, you can break things. Trust me, if something. if Jim Phillips of the ACC could have gotten Texas and Oklahoma to join their league, he would have. Uh, no, no question about that. If, if if the Big Ten could have gotten Oklahoma and Texas, they would. If the PAC could have, the PAC already tried to poach Texas years ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, so th- this is they're all doing the same thing. It, it's not like one one person's greedy and the other guys are just magnanimous and all, only concerned about the good of the uh, the whole college football landscape. It's capitalism. It's, it's yeah, the, the ACC. Spe- SEC. Yeah, I just I think there's a lot of unnecessary SEC hate out there, and well, it's because it, it's good. It's, yeah, people people hate what's good. You know what I always say: ain't a person on the planet that hates Vanderbilt. All right, uh, coming up after the break, we will give away. Speaking of capitalism, how about some free food, courtesy of Billy and D's Wings over there in Columbia? Twenty five dollars got confirmation. A Twenty five dollar gift card. Uh, we'll also return to some college hoops conversation. Sprinkle in some baseball and a whole lot more. He is JC. That is the mad dog, although he's rarely bad. He's a very uh, happy-go-lucky person. We just call him mad dog. I'm merely Mike. It's ITG. Back in a moment. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. screen and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown Brewer. His second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer. Turns to Cody. Touchdown number three of the afternoon. Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. 
not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. Oh, man. The building is on fire. Emergencies and accidents happen. When you're in the middle of a fire or water event, all you want is for things to return to normal as soon as possible. Resto Pros of the Midlands is with you, guiding you through the process and working with you to get your home or office back in working order. They'll answer your questions, discuss procedures, and can act as your advocate when it comes to processing your insurance claim. RestoProsMidlandsSC.com. Open 24-7 when you need them. Quality that is guaranteed. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Welcome back. It is the Power Hour of ITG presented by Gary Patterson, GaryPatterson.net for all your real estate. Excuse me, for all your, you could get real estate if you wanted to, but really what you want is home insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, serving the Midlands for decades now. Gary does a terrific job and has helped me over the years with all of my my insurance needs. And the few times I've gone elsewhere because I've had to, uh, it has sucked. So that's that is the ultimate uh, compliment to Gary and not so much to uh, another unreputable insurance company that I've had to deal with recently, but I won't bother you with those troubles. By the way, people are loving the uh, the background. I always say, I, I know we have a massive Spotify audience and uh, iTunes audience and Google Play, and I get it. Like, for many of us, I do this, you know, you, you're at the gym, you're working out, you're driving, listening to shows like these or podcast, you just want to listen to it while you're doing other things. But what I do is I just still put it on YouTube. And I realize I can't necessarily watch the whole time, but the visual elements of this show, many of which are done by our uh, friend Jamie, who's got the day off today, it's really well done. So I always try to have something kind of unique in the background. I have right now Ampipe High from the famous movie All the Right Moves, and... (laughs) It's amazing what that starts whenever I have that in the background. It's, ah, Djurjevic. It's it's to talk about Hightower. It's to talk about uh, Craig T. Nelson's character. You're just a typing teacher. It's such a, like, memorable movie if you haven't seen it. It's a dimer for me. It really is. 1980s football movie. Takes place in Pennsylvania. You guys, how many? Are we Fiverr? Dimer? Phil? Oh, Y'all are gonna hate me. No, no. Oh, you're gonna say you haven't seen it? But I have never seen it. Okay, <laughs> that's a, you, you got to get with Dina. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. You can watch it tonight. Bucks. 
You got right. five bucks lying yeah, around. Yeah, you, 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 you and the wife need to watch it. She'll she'll like it too because it's right. she's got some some actors. It's got some. Yeah, it, it that's a, yeah. You guys need to get that. It's a oh. it's between a fiber and dabber for me because it's never on. Yeah, like, you got to really find it now. Yeah. Right. So when when it came on HBO, I I didn't I wasn't old enough to see it in the theater. But when it came on HBO for a while there, it was on all the time. And as a kid, I was like, "This is awesome!" There just weren't many good football movies as a kid growing up. And now you you do you got to you got to search for it. But it is out there, uh, and, and if you can find it, it's just it's good stuff. It really really is. Um, for me, it's uh, it's a it's an absolute dimer. Craig T. Nelson, before he had the show coach, plays a football coach in this. Craig had a good run. He was like in Poltergeist as the dad. He was in um, Silkwood. He was uh, he was in a number of movies. He had like a five-year stretch where he was on fire, and then he did the show coach. And Yeah, he had a good, good career, good little arc there. Um, coming up later on, also give you the latest. I've been waiting on Joe Lenardi after last night. Where he has South Carolina, I just have for right now, guys, the basic, the top four seeds, um, the one line, two line, three line, four line, the last four buys, the last four in, the first four out, and now on that list, Ole Miss. So the SEC just went from nine to eight. Ole Miss is literally... The first team out. They are number 69 of a 68 field. So they are going to be full of you-know-what and vinegar on Saturday against the Gamecocks. They want to get back on the right side of the ledger. Uh, And that would be obviously, well, that would be what, a quad two win for Ole Miss to beat Carolina on their home floor. Yeah, it'd be quad one for the Gamecocks. It'd be quad one for Carolina, yes. Uh, now, uh, South Carolina has won the last two at the Pavilion in the series. Um, that's uh, interesting. <laughs> I, uh, you know, Frank's team went, and then uh, Lamont's team went out there and won last year. Uh, Ole Miss won in the tournament, and the Gamecocks beat them, of course, in Columbia. So the Gamecocks have won three out of five. It's a very close series. Um, a lot of times, it seems like when both these programs are sort of up, they're up. And when both of them are down, they're down. I still remember in 98, uh, Eddie Fogler, to, uh, that was the year, the second year after the SEC, the year after the SEC championship game, Cape Cops are still a three seed. Uh, Ole Miss was that other team under Rob Evans, and, and they Gamecocks won a thrilling semifinal game to get to the championship game at the Georgia Dome. It's only one of two times they've been in that. Uh, that year also, Bryce Drew for Valparaiso, the clapper, who's now at Grand Canyon, uh, hit a uh, about a thirty foot three pointer to knock Ole Miss out of the tournament. That's right. That year. And uh, that was uh, that was something else. Play they, was called uh, Pacer, I believe. Yeah, it was I mean, a design of, play out of bounds. One of the more infamous plays in 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 program history. But you know, Carolina has a recent history of going in there and winning. Uh, Carolina has against A and M has won eight of ten. Okay. Haven't lost in College Station since 2018. Uh, they've won the last uh, three in College Station by double digits. Of course, there was another coach here when that happened, and uh, he, he kind of 
He he had A and M's number. <laughs> he did he did really well. I guess it was from the old Big Twelve days. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Aggies won by forty one in Columbia last year, so uh, I don't know how much it all means. I, I will but. say this about that. Uh, you just mentioned two plays because I, I often get asked, you know, what are the best arenas? What are the best environments? Here's the deal: like you watch a game at A and M against Kentucky, and you turn on your TV set, and you're like, man. They really get after it in College Station for basketball. What an environment. That's when Kentucky comes to down. Kentucky is the traveling circus, and everybody can't wait to gobble up tickets and beat Kentucky and storm the court. That is, for a lot of programs, that's like the Super Bowl of the regular season. But overall, a and is not one of the best uh, places to catch a college basketball game. And Ole Miss for years and years, even with their shiny new arena. I mean, I did a couple games there last year, and it was half empty. Uh, now that they've actually, you know, they've rallied around their coach and Coach Beard, um, I, I think it'll be a good crowd on Saturday. I think it'll be a little more hostile than some of those previous uh, games featuring the Gamecocks in Oxford, Mississippi have been. So uh, you'll, you'll be dealing with an Ole Miss team that has its back against the wall. Should be a good crowd on hand. But, heck, that's, I mean, that's the kind of environment you want. You're Carolina. This is a this is a cowboy up moment. I'm going to clean up the uh, – yeah, thought yeah, in, my, the, in my head. The, the you, you know, you know where I was going, JC. I know where um, you were going. Mike. You know where I was going. Uh, this is a cowboy up moment. Like you've lost two in a row. You just blew a big one at home, and some people are like, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm selling my stock on Carolina basketball." Okay, okay. Well, we're we're about to remind you what we are, uh, and if that's going to happen, I need to see again. I will continue to say this. Uh, Get excited about big men all you want. They serve a purpose. One of the reasons why Florida is one of the hottest teams in the country is they've got four really quality big men that they can rotate, and they all do something well off the bench when they're in the game, what have you. But the real reason why they're good and the real reason why almost any team that's really good is good, it's guard play. And when we get to this time of year, you need Talon Cooper and Michi Johnson playing like dudes, not lies, like dudes, to use a baseball term, they need to return to that. Uh, they, they, that, that this is Murray Boyle is a great story, and every now and then Josh Gray will flash, and then he'll disappear. That's just kind of that's the story of Josh Gray's career. Uh, and, and the other players are nice complimentary players, but BJ you, Mack, this, yeah. yeah, yeah, BJ Mack, uh, you know, a, a quality big that can stretch with with his outside shooting. You need all of them to be serviceable. But you, you will not go much farther if you don't return to the kind of guard play that you had in November, December, and early February. Yeah, you, You've got to have Talon and Michi balling again. Cooper's got to get that get his assist back, distributing the ball. Uh, well, Michi, of course, we don't, we don't have an update yet, I don't think, on his concussion protocol for uh, Saturday. If he doesn't go, that means, I guess, uh, Miles Studi will start. Or Jacoby Wright probably. Um, I think Jacoby Wright is a better yeah. all-around option. Those guys Studi have been is the same player he was at Vanderbilt, streaky yeah. shooter and streaky shoot up and down hustles. I like him, but uh, but look, yeah, you, you got to get back to that, especially Cooper. Um, I think, and then then Michi just gives you so much because he's he's so dangerous. You you got to respect him from twenty-five feet. I mean, you got to go out and guard him, and he can blow by guys and stuff. I mean. You know, but yeah, you got to go and, and 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 look. This it's not it was never going to be easy. Uh, I think 
picking up at least one of these next two games gives the Gamecocks a lot of breathing room and confidence. Um, yeah, you, you come home after that for two. I mean, they're to play Colonial Life Arena is going to be packed for Tennessee and Florida. I mean, uh, and so that ends out your home schedule. Then you go to kind of weirdly enough, you, you, you go to Starkville at the end of the year. It seems like a season ago when the Gamecocks played Mississippi State at home in the right. conference opener, right? Yeah. Uh, gotta go start and start. And Mississippi State's going to be fighting for their tournament lives. They're, their metrics and stuff, Mike, are better than – I mean, their net's better than South Carolina's. Yep. Um, More So they've wins. got – yeah, they've got um, – you know, they, they had a good strength of schedule and all that good stuff. So it was uh, – it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I, I would feel a lot better about, okay, you know, just go play these last games, shoot your shot because you're in the tournament anyway. Just play for seeding. I, I I would buy. I will swallow the. They're just playing for seating right now, uh, with a win. One of these next two. I without yeah, that, you're not just playing for seating anymore. The pressure starts to mount if you if you if you lose, you get to a four game losing streak with Florida yeah. coming in. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. It, it, the narrative sort of starts to change. I, I don't know. Maybe they are still in, but I mean they're going to skin of their teeth or get sent to Dayton. Uh, you know, if they lose out, you know, and well, I think it's what, yeah. very yeah, questionable. Yeah, that's what you want to avoid is that last game in Starkville being for a trip to Dayton on both sides. Yeah, and and you and you could have that be the case, <laughs> which I, yeah, you, but I, I, when it, when you know one of these next two, I think you avoid that scenario altogether. Um, just with the way the net is right now, but you do not want all the stakes riding on that away game at the end of the year. No. And somebody asked me if, if Carolina just loses out, do they still get in? You, you don't want that. Yeah, um, no, yeah, you don't want to test it. <laughs> because it, it, then it becomes almost less about the metrics and the committee. Remember, it's it's human beings, not a computer that spits out the field. They're going to see a team that's lost seven, eight in a row, and they'll be like, no. And what's that going to do to their net? I mean, their net no. drops every yeah, time they it lose would, a game. I mean, it, it, it's it's in the 70s. Out. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, don't, it, it's yeah, lights I mean, out at that point. But that's not going to happen. I mean, I, I just – this team is not going to lose out. I'm sorry. They're, they're too good of a team to lose out. Uh, I, I don't see that at all. So And you, you win these two, I mean, you're still in the hunt for the, the, the title. Wimp Sanderson laughed at me today when I said South Carolina can still win the SEC. Yeah, then you don't win no SEC. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, they could still. I mean, they're, uh, they're, everybody's got three or four losses, man. You know, yeah, that's that's a, a, th- yeah, you're in it. Yeah, you you statistically are not out of first place. <laughs> so we just went from I tell you what could happen. They could miss the field. I tell you what they could happen. They could win the whole damn thing. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I I I I I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for that tomorrow and say hell yes. Yeah, right. I, I started getting depressed about I mean rarely do I start kind of feeling bad about a team when they're winning. And I'll tell you, coming back from Vegas on that flight, I told Nat, I was like, I just don't feel good about this basketball team these next couple of games. I just don't. Uh, I felt good about LSU, but I was like, man, then they gotta go here, they gotta go there. No. Um unforgiving. I, I don't know why, but uh, that was and then Auburn happened, and I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah. So uh, we'll yeah, see. That Auburn was uh, that that that's a flush it game, and there wasn't a hangover effect in the LSU. They were up sixteen in the second no. half, not a hangover. Were, yeah. 
yeah, hangover if they would have just gotten bludgeoned at home against LSU, a team that just beat Kentucky. You could say it was a hangover then. That wasn't a hangover. That was just a meltdown. And and Lamont Paris has talked about the fact, again, I didn't get a chance to see the whole game, but what I did watch, there was a lot of big mistakes, mental errors that Carolina made. And Lamont Paris was about that. And I give him credit. I and mean, he didn't sit there and rail on the officials. That looks really weak when you blow a 16-point lead at home and you're like, yeah, but the official – no, dude, you – you, there were there were too many meltdown moments, and Lamont knows that he needs better performances by his key players in that situation uh, to not let that happen again. And so that is your cold bucket of water in your face, like, okay, this ain't going to happen again. Um, let's go ahead and fix it. By the way, I, I'm sorry, Craig, I wasn't ignoring you. Every now and then we get questions in chat row, and we're doing a million – uh, it says, uh, Mike, did you see my question about who Kentucky may target after C is gone, up-and-comer or established coach? He ain't going. He's got a lifetime contract. Uh, that's like It's like Florida State trying to get out of the ACC. Like, I, it's, it, the, I don't see that happening. I just don't. So to talk about a hypothetical in that spot, I, I really – I'm not going to do it because I just – I think there's a 99% chance he's back next year. I just it look that contract is it's really, really strong. Cal had leverage. Cal used his leverage. Cal has a very strong uh, contract. All right, let me throw out this question real quick, guys. Reed Shepard last night stole had five steals in that game, which would have been talked about more if LSU didn't win on a buzzer beater. Three straight games, Reed Shepard talented freshman guard for Kentucky has had five or more steals in a game. That's a Kentucky record. It's pretty hard to do, right? There's, most guys will never get five steals in a game in their life. He's done it three in a row. Got me to thinking about some of the great steal artists for Gamecock basketball in history. Name the only two Gamecocks to lead the SEC in steals. Now, chat row, you can go ahead and say stuff, but if you want to win the prize... I'm going to throw out an email address. Go to jcandmorgan.com because I don't have an email set up, which is fine. Go to jcandmorgan.com. There's an email tab. What, JC, upper right-hand corner, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, right. Bottom, bottom. Scroll the bottom. The email. Oh, oh, it's the bottom? Okay. It's a mail. It's a mail. It's something. You'll yeah, see it's it. It's real easy. Real easy. Email the email the, your answer, and uh, somebody will win a $25 gift card to D's wings. All right, quick time out here. Back with more on the other side. It is the Power Hour. It is Inside the Gamecocks. Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's got to be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GamecockTraditions.com, where there's always a sale. Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com, a tradition unlike the others. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. 
If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing ga.com schedule a no hassle free inspection today wind damage hail damage or just wear and tear don't settle for second best let jeremy johnson and elite roofing and restoration take care of it all for you today nana's porch nana's porch.com at nana's porch they cater weddings parties and all kinds of special events their meals are served buffet style in seconds they're encouraged Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Back with there we go. Back with you here on Inside the Gamecocks on a Thursday afternoon. We've already gotten uh, people entering for the D's Wing gift card. Only two Gamecocks to lead the uh, SEC in steals. One of them is a forgotten player that was one of my favorite players. Uh, I mean, I, they're both two. Actually, they're two of my favorites, and I had a chance to cover both of them. Oh, there's a hint. There's a clue. Um wasn't anybody in 1992, I can tell you that. But uh, the the first one is a guy that is kind of forgotten, but man, oh man, was he a good player. Really good player. Um, did not make it in the NBA because he just wasn't a good enough shooter, which is surprising to me uh, based on his pedigree and everything else. But he made a lot of – don't feel bad. He made a lot of money overseas. There's some guys, like Ryan Stack is another one, that didn't play long in the NBA or didn't make it at all in the NBA that made a lot of money overseas. You can make some good coin in Europe, and guess what? You don't pay taxes. It's straight cash, homie. It's a good, it's a, it's a good deal. Many of those countries treat you like royalty, and you keep every dime of your money. You get a cultural experience that most of us can only dream of. And then you come back to the States and you say, I, look, I got a chance to play 10 years pro ball. It's good life. Good life if you can sign up for it. Who who amongst us wouldn't take it? 
Yeah, it's like playing uh, baseball in Asia. Guaranteed yeah. money, fully. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, right? it's, it's the same exact well, thing. Yeah. Will Crow, he's he's in he's in Australia at Korean spring training. Right. Yeah. Soon to be in Japan and then off to Korea for a regular season. Uh, he gets all the money. Mike, they not know, know the Koreans. Did not know the Koreans have spring training down under, but I guess they did. No New York City per diems for the games you play in there. That's right. Yeah, the East League and no LA, same thing. I mean, yeah. yeah. And you're like if you're in Korea, you're six inches taller than everybody else. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not I'm, no, no, yes. me, no, my wife was telling me, she's like, well, when we go to Thailand, you're not going to be inconspicuous. You're going to be like a head taller than everybody. They're going to think no you're way. Godzilla. Godzilla. Where is my noodle bowl? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, give him all the noodles. He's gonna eat us. Gonna eat. anyway. <laughs> give me my Szechuan beef now on the double. First time my, my my now mother-in-law saw my picture, and that was in shape. I was just muscular then. He big. What if he beat you? <laughs> what if oh he God. beat you? What if Jesus. he beat you? And he's just like Jesus Christ. But then, like the two seconds later, are you gonna have him? It got dark quick. <laughs> it's like I just met that guy. I mean, it's like I, we've been we've been dating for like two months. She, she finally told her mom about me. Right? She's like, he big. What if he beat you? What if he Asian moms, man? No doubt. By the way, I, I will recommend Crazy Rich Asians is a good movie. I, I watched it on the plane. Finally watched it on the plane right back. It's a pretty good movie. So I remember when that came out. There was like a huge PR campaign here in Atlanta. Uh, they were hyping that movie up big time. Never saw it. It's it's, it's kind of like a big fat Greek wedding ish kind of storyline. Somebody point, somebody pointed out Craig T. Nelson was the bad guy in Turner and Hooch. I did not see yes. Turner and Hooch. Uh, oh. Gung Ho. If we're talking about the great Asian population, very underrated Michael Keaton movie of the eighties. I've seen Gung Ho many times. That's a dimer for me. Dimer, yeah, that's a dimer. I really, I didn't, I, I thought I'd be on an island on that one. You guys surprise me every now and then. No, not Gung Ho is the. If you're dipping into, you know, '80s, early '90s B movies, Mike. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's your sweet spot. See, I sometimes I feel like I'm the only person on the planet that saw that movie. It did not do well in the theaters. But it's you know, so good. Hyperbole. I may own a copy of Gung Ho here at the house. Oh, uh, VHS yeah. copy, yeah. Yes, VHS yeah, or DVD? VHS, yeah. Oh, VHS. I can't do much with that. But I still have a DVD player. I'm not afraid to play a DVD. No, no, same. same. You'll never take away my DVDs or my DVD player. I'm waiting for that technology to come back. It's going to be cool again. You just wait. Give it 10 more years. Saunders says for me to go to a Thai McDonald's. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got to lose weight before I go over there because it's 98 degrees. What was the old comedian used to say? Kind of a heavy set guy walk into a Chinese buffet, all you can eat. You oh, go now. Guy. You've yeah, been here three hours. Big guy. Big guy. Yes, that's right. You leave. Yeah, like Chinese buffet. Uh, like, oh, I'm just no, my second wind. Hey, yeah, speaking of great food, uh, the special today at D's for lunch, a quarter rack of ribs over rice and a salad for nine ninety nine. Dinner tonight, the Oyster Buckets. That's at D's. Uh-oh. We'll give away that D's gift card 
on the other side, Kung Ho, smoking hot Mimi Rogers. She dated Tom Cruise, who Hope thinks me and Tom behind me. Thank you, Hope. She's like, that's the dynamic duo. Yeah, me and Tom have a lot of common, except for that Scientology thing. Were we aware that I'm not judging. Nelson was in Action Jackson and also had yes. a bit part? He born on the 4th of July. Born on the 4th of July. Born on the well. 4th of July? And was in the Minor Devil's Lord. Advocate. He was in the Devil's Advocate. He played a, a, a bad dude that yeah, Keanu bad. Reeves uh, uh, defended, even though he knew he was a murderer. He was in Troop Beverly Hills with Shelley Long. Never saw that. He was in born <laughs> on the 4th of July? He's, he's credited as Marine Officer. That's Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. I don't remember that. Well, a typical Oliver Stone movie. It's like it's like forty A list actors in every Oliver Stone movie, and that was actually one of his better ones. He knew how to make a Vietnam movie. Got to give him that. A little bit out there, but he knew how to make a good Vietnam movie. All right, coming up on the other side, we will have the Love Chevy drive around the SEC. Also, Mark Wise of the SEC Network and ESPN will break down some college hoops, including that Gamecock Ole Miss game. Keep it locked. Power Hour, presented by Ryan Brewer Fence and Gary Patterson. Gary at GaryPatterson.net. Back with more after this. It's 2024, and it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans, and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Hey, Gamecock fans. Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta Packs to take tailgating get yourself the three amigos bundles for tailgating they make catering easy with a fresh hot setup and again you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up you can also look them up online or you can even download the app salsaritas is just a cut above the rest that's why they're serving williams price stadium and the south stands also serving in the colonial life arena again that catering hotline number make it easy for you and the folks out there you don't need to settle for Sandwiches every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Rescues and Resin, proud supporters of Carolina Rise. They are also proud partners of the show. They make products you can't get anywhere else. Custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate, make your home, or make anything stand out. Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. Rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
We'll walk upon the water. We'll rise above the mist with a little peace and some harmony. We'll take the world together. We'll take them by the hand. Yeah, I can do mine, Mike, but I can't unlock yours. <laughs> All right, well then I'll do yeah, it. No there problem. You go. There, there you we go. go. Yeah, yeah, I just like I like to unmute it so it's not that abrupt. Like we get into that zone there, and you're listening and to hold my hand, and you're like, okay, sing it, Hootie, and then all of a sudden, pff, dead air. Pff, hey, welcome everybody. Yeah, yeah click no, yeah, guys. so yeah. yeah, you can do it on your own. That will okay. fix a lot of those. Uh, no on. problem. Hey, we're, I, always, no, we're good. Yeah. I'm not always, above a little manual labor hitting a button. That's Unless right. That's I have right. to talk. I keep mine muted because there's always some sound that happens. My dog barks randomly and he's sitting here. <laughs> he's excited. Because yeah. it's another it's another chamber of commerce day in Chicago and third straight day it's 60 and sunny. Isn't that wow? Yeah, we got uh sixties here in Atlanta. What's I mean, the low down there in Greenville, Phil? What's the ten time and temp, please? Uh, it's 60 overcast with a bit of wind here. Mm. 60 overcast with a bit of wind. Not bad. That's pretty much the same. The, the weather in Greenville and Atlanta is almost identical every day. Yeah, sometimes. yeah it will be very similar sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. Not, not, a, not a mammoth uh, difference. Uh, we'll, we're still taking entries. It's not going to be first come, first serve. Uh, whoever we want, we'll randomly pick from the correct answer. Go to jcandmorgan.com to submit your answer. The only two Gamecocks to ever lead the conference in steals. Only two that have done it. And I will give you another clue. They both did it multiple times. This is the advantage of listening to this show live, by the way. Because for those of you that listen to it later on day, we love you. But we're, we're going to give this thing away before we're done on the air. Also, Mark Wise of the SEC Network will join us bottom of the hour to talk some SEC hoops and also get his thoughts on among other things, the uh, Ole Miss-Carolina matchup in the third hour. Uh, are we ready for a Love Chevy drive around the SEC? Are you guys feeling it? Yeah, I can I'm, do it. I'm I can feeling do it. Let's, it strong. Uh, let's get it that's, set That's up what here, I needed man. to hear. JC yeah, said, I could, I'm could. i feeling it strong. Phil said, yeah, you know, I could deal. I could do it. That's right. Yeah, I'm easy. It's now time to take a drive around the SEC. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. Brought to you by Love Chevy. The best selection of new Chevys. Right now, no hassle, no ridiculous add-on stickers. I-26. Okay. All right. We all right. get the idea. 
it's out on I twenty. We know it's where a, Love Chevrolet. We know it. Uh, ben Hoover, executive manager over there, does an outstanding job. Still home mm-hmm. with a one thousand dollar low price guarantee. Buy your next Chevy with confidence from the folks that make car buying fun and affordable. Uh, some entertaining games last night in the SEC. Uh, Georgia finally put an end to that nasty losing streak. They went to Vanderbilt and knocked the doors off the Commodores, 76-64. Again, it's not a bad Georgia team. They just kept losing close games. Uh, They're young and good. They're going to be good next year. Well, and they got two two stud freshmen coming in, one of which is like they got a player on their team now who's like a bench warmer, but his brother is the stud coming in. It's kind of like when you took the Howell brothers. No offense to Ivan Howell. That was all about Rolando. (laughs) Rolando was a McDonald's All-American. Ivan was, he was fine. He was fine. Uh, Mississippi. Three-point shooter, yeah. Yeah. By the way, the late late Roe Howell, by the way, RFP. Yeah, I I still don't want to believe that. Um, Me either. He's another guy that didn't make the NBA, but had a very successful career overseas. So, uh, and then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, uh, passed away. I guess that was about, I don't know, five, six years ago. Mississippi State defeated uh, Ole Miss 83-71. to One more reason why Ole Miss will be fired up on Saturday. LSU in the game of the night, the thriller, 75-74 over Kentucky. By the way, the uh, Kentucky-Auburn game last week, 1.7 million viewers. Uh, to give you an idea in, in basketball, if you can get to a, in a regular season game, get to a million. I had Auburn at Tennessee last year on ESPN. That was 1.5 million. Um, that was the, the highest rated, one of the highest rated games all year. It's only going to draw that massive a number if it's on ESPN or CBS. And it has to be two, again, brand names. That always helps. But uh, uh, 1.7 is a strong, strong number. Unfortunately for Auburn, didn't go their way. And Bruce Pearl was so upset, he actually sent off a complaint to the conference office about some of the calls. He thought Kentucky was uh, some of the fouls uh, were a little excessive. This happens all the time. Coach, you don't always hear about it. Coaches send off tapes and complaints to the officiating. The best thing you can get out of it, just like football. Hey, sorry, we missed that one. You, the genie's out of the bottle. You're not going to go back. And uh, and change the outcome. What you can do is really ruin a week for an official, because if he misses key calls and it goes to the office, it, it, it eventually that can cost him assignments and and better assignments and all kinds of stuff. So it does have an impact, but unfortunately, it doesn't make you feel any better about things. Kentucky in that game just outplayed Auburn anyway. Uh, Alabama in overtime. Knocking off Florida 98-93. Man, Alabama is just a fun team to watch. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're the best team, but they, they are a lot of fun to watch. It's a great game. Florida took them into overtime. Florida came in winning seven out of the last eight. They finally got in the top 25. They're still going to be right around the top 25 and still very much in the tournament right now as we speak. Uh, so what does that look like standings-wise? Alabama at the top at 11-2. and two. One game behind them, Tennessee at ten and three, and then two games behind them, Carolina and Auburn at nine and four, Florida and Kentucky eight and five, Mississippi State seven and six, Ole Miss A and M LSU six and seven, Georgia five and eight, Arkansas who still nobody really wants to play, but they're four and nine, 
Vandy and Missouri rounded out two and eleven, zero and thirteen. LSU six and seven, fourteen and twelve overall. I, I mean, I don't know if they really have a, 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 a. They'd have to win a number of games in Nashville to really have a shot at it. But at bare minimum, the NIT rules have changed. This is what we would have been talking about if Carolina wasn't good enough to get into the NCAA tournament. But the NIT rules now, like if you if you are if you win the Horizon, but then you lose in the Horizon Conference tournament, you would be an automatic bid for the NIT. They got rid of that. Not only did they get rid of that, the the top two teams of every power conference that don't make the NCAA tournament, you're guaranteed the NIT. So you've got LSU, Georgia, Arkansas battling for NIT spots right now. And if Ole Miss flounders, Ole Miss could be in the NIT. And you're guaranteed to host. <laughs> so it is – they tilted like the scale. Yeah. yeah. Well, they screwed it up, man. I mean, look, Frank Martin would have had seven postseason teams at South Carolina out of his 10 years and would have only missed the postseason once pandemic year where everybody did um, or a lot of people did. Uh, had the had the NIT rules not changed, you know, Dave Odom, people people talk about Dave Odom like he's walks on water compared to Frank because he at least had multiple postseasons. But those were all 500 basketball teams that got into the NIT and advanced with six and ten conference records. Uh, and then yeah. it became mid major invitational, like it sucked. Right now it's back, I, and I'm all for it. I. I I'm hating on all the mid majors today. It seems like Ruben. I see that. I think I'm done. Well, I just you know, there's there there were too many really good teams in power conferences getting left out of the postseason altogether. Nobody's going to go pay to play in the CBI, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it just wasn't fair. So I I was glad to see them make that change. And that little uh, Fox tournament they were talking about putting on, guarantee that has something to do with it. Anyway, no, I'm with you. Look, and really, what it does is. And, and I get it. Like, I've said this before. Like, you just mentioned the numbers, what they would have been on Frank. It, it, at the end of the day, people are still going to say you made one tournament in 10 years. One NCAA tournament in 10 years. That's what people care about. Uh, but the NIT can be a very helpful thing for a program as it starts to get better and better, particularly under a new coach. So I said coming in this year, for example, if the Gamecocks can make it to the NIT under year two under Lamont, that's a great accomplishment. The fact that we're talking about what seed they're going to be in the NCAA tournament, that is way ahead of schedule. That is ridiculously good in year two, considering uh, what he inherited. Uh, I mentioned this at the at the top. Chris Stewart friend of uh, mine for a, a long time. There was a time when I was at South Carolina, Chris Stewart and I were the youngest announcers in the SEC. Uh, we both did basketball and baseball and then football on television. Well, the last couple of years, Eli Gold has had some uh, some poor health, and Chris has had a chance to fill in on a few games, but it didn't look like Eli Gold had any plans to leave that post. Well, now all of a sudden, I don't know... Uh, depending on what you believe, whether this is Eli's choice or not. But bottom line is he is out, and Chris Stewart is in. And Eli had that role since 1988. Got to call seven national championships. Uh, but now Chris Stewart, again, I'm, I'm happy for anybody who uh, works, grinds, 
you know, for years and years, and some of us know what this is like. Uh, I mean, Eli's a legend, but a lot of people would tell Chris Stewart, I wish you were doing football. I wish you were doing football. Well, now he's doing football, so good for him. Uh, Chris Stewart gets one of the best jobs in radio. You're the voice of Alabama football. Brother, it doesn't get much better than that. That's a, a big-time opportunity. Just to go back real quick to the SEC win totals, I mentioned South Carolina. Five and a half tied with Florida and Arkansas. Uh, is there any two hotter seats in the league than Sam Pittman and Billy Napier? So yeah. if the under hits for Arkansas and Florida, you can expect two coaching changes in Fayetteville and Gainesville. Some people in Fayetteville, I was just there for a basketball game a couple weeks ago, believe it's already a done deal. Uh, Pittman's going to get whacked. And there's Bobby Petrino looking over his shoulder. Hey, guys, remember me? I'm the one that... You know, won 10 games and had an exciting offense and made Arkansas football relevant. Have you been since I left? That's what I thought. Go ahead and hire me. And am I an a-hole? That's debatable. But you know what? I can coach. So there's already a groundswell of, let's just give gold six-pack Sam a couple of cracks at it, and then we'll get the guy we really want. Just bump him up. He's already in Fayetteville. Uh, No neck brace. Bobby Petrino perhaps taking over at Arkansas. Uh, again, Georgia, Texas, 10.5. Those are the top plays on the board. Bama, Ole Miss, LSU, Missouri at 9.5. A&M, Tennessee, 8.5. Oklahoma, Auburn, 7.5. Kentucky, 6.5. Arkansas, Florida, Carolina, 5.5. Mississippi State, 4.5. And, and dead last is Vanderbilt at 2.5. And, and that is your love Chevy drive around the SEC. Brought to you by Love Chevy. Check out the season of love at South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Together, let's drive. Yeah, you know, Marion says, used to love hearing Eli Gold when I followed NASCAR in the 90s. Yeah, he was, here is a guy from New York who (laughs) was the voice of NASCAR and Alabama football. Talk about fish out of water, but that was the job that he had and and did for years. Uh, I don't have long. I, neither one of you guys are NASCAR guys, are you? No. JC is well, occupied. Phil, are you? Do you? No, no, no. no I'm, I'm, yeah, not tuned in. I want to sit her NASCAR. Not. I like to watch Talladega Nights. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder is a dang good movie. It ain't like I'm breaking down the uh, the post game show of the Daytona 500. I know next to nothing about NASCAR. I full disclosure. Uh, but what I do know is Eli Gold was very popular when he had that job. Uh, I don't even know who took it over. Not sure, but uh, anyway, he, he had two of the two of the premier spots uh, in that field uh, for sure. Uh, well, now I've got to respond to this real quick, and there we go. Yeah, so NASCAR not not my thing. I mean, we have we actually have or did have. I don't know what the story is because they were about to sell it. But you know, the Greenville Pickens Speedway up here in the Upstate was a NASCAR certified track. Um, yeah, the last time I was there, I actually uh, saw Eddie Money in concert. So that's uh, Eddie my Money. extent of NASCAR. That's as close to NASCAR as I've gotten. Is, take uh, me Eddie take Money me home tonight, track. Mad Dog. That's right. Hey, Liz, we had two tickets to Paradise, baby. We were all... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eddie passed away recently, right? 
Yeah, so I, I yeah, think yeah, Eddie. Yeah. All right, R R I P. I think he Eddie actually caught him maybe like a year or two prior to his uh, ultimate demise. But uh, yeah, got to see Eddie. You know, check that box. <laughs> well, that, those tickets will be worth money someday. That's I think I, it's like a it's like a piece of art. You know, you you buy it right before the artist t- uh, dies, and boom, worth a heck mm. of a lot more money. By the way, from uh, SC Scout guy Ron Kovic, who born on the 4th of July, was based on, was in the same platoon as my dad in Vietnam in the Marine Corps. Damn. Wow. That's strong. <laughs> yeah, it is. That is, I mean, that movie is, it's depressing, uh, but powerful. Really, really powerful, uh, to say the least, on that. I want to remind everybody that uh, if you're thinking about a good place to eat for lunch. You got a couple, of course, that sponsor this show. D's Wings is one. And yes, Salsaritas is another. Lexington and the Target Center and West Columbia. Kids eat free Monday. Catering made easy with the fresh hot setup. I understand uh, you guys had plenty of Salsaritas on Friday at Founders Park during that uh, great show, uh, yeah. that four hour extravaganza. Suki came over, set everything up. He'll do that for you, too. Of course, they've got the stand at every Gamecock uh, basketball home game. But uh, you don't have to tailgate to get catering done. And you can always uh, call the catering hotline at 803-543-6297. That's 803-543-6297. Say hello to Suki and the gang at the two Columbia locations of Salsaritas. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we will announce the winner of the D's Wings gift card. Again, your last chance to uh, email the answer. Only two Gamecocks to leave the SEC in steals. Uh, just email us, jcandmorgan.com. Hit the email tab there, and we'll go ahead and announce the winner. We'll take a timeout. We'll talk with Mark Wise of the SEC Network, get some updates on SEC Hoops, and talk about that matchup on Saturday between Carolina and Ole Miss. You're listening to ITG, the Power Hour, here on the Chief Sports Network. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Ain't nobody got time for that. Disaster comes uninformed. During and after natural disasters or accidents, there can be a heavy loss to property. Having your home or office destroyed or damaged by water, fire, smoke, or mold affects your personal and business lifestyle. Resto Pros of the Midlands is here to help. Open 24-7. Call them when you need them. 803-493-0170. Resto Pros of the Midlands. RestoProsMidlandsSC.com. Quality that is guaranteed. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. 
That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Attention baseball and softball players. For virtual hitting lessons and evaluations, contact former baseball record holder and All-American Michael Campbell at 859-414-8240 or email soupsswingshop at gmail.com. Go Gamecocks. It's now time to take a drive around. Base hit in the right field. Are you kidding me? We'll see you at Hoover. It's gone. Another long ball. He walked it off with a home run. There's a high drive. That ball is tagged. That ball is way, way, way out of here. But you know it. Back everybody, Mike's mic is muted. Welcome so back. Back it is. on it. We'll get that. Yes. We'll get that set. Yeah, that was just me it. doing a ventriloquist act. Uh, welcome back to ITG here on the Power Hour, presented by Ryan Brewer Fence and Gary Patterson, State Farm agent. We have our winner on the D's Wings question. Mark Williams. Don't know where you're at. Don't know who you are. I'm sure you're great people because you listen to this show. That's pretty much a prerequisite. Mark, you got yourself a $25 gift card. See right there, D's Wings gift card. Nice. Oh man, that's nice. I'll bet you. I'll bet you right now, Tom Cruise and Craig T. Nelson and the backdrop and Pie Pie, they'd love to have some D's post game. Jurjevic trying to play the man, not the ball. He's he's upset. He just told off his girlfriend Leah Thompson as they got out of the bus. Yeah, he needs he needs a good meal to make him feel better. Uh, we'll be in touch about how to get that to you, Mark. By the way, it's Devin Downey and Chuck Itson. Devin Downey twice did it. Chuck Itson. Chuck Itson was a six seven bouncy wiry wing. Again, if he had an outside shot that was more, he had like a set shot. I couldn't believe when I first saw him. I used to talk to one of the assistant coaches like. How does he not have a jump shot? Because he can jump. He's like, we're working on it, Mike. We're working on it. Um, But he was a really good basketball player at a Pinewood prep and made a lot of money overseas. I don't know what Chuck is doing now, but he was a lot of fun to watch. A lot of Gamecock fans will remember. Mm. Yeah, I remember. Chuck Chuck was supposed to be – so Fogler kind of reloaded, right, after – the, the bottoming out BJ Mackey's senior year. And it was Chuck Edson, Damian Kinlaw, Marius Petrovicius, who I loved. 
Tony Kitchings, uh, Jamel Bradley, that group. Um, and they, yeah, it was no jump shot, things like that. He's really good, really good player. Yeah. Um, just probably wasn't the all American people at this, but Rolando Howell was part of that group. They ended up all kind of peaking with a, a trip. People forget long before Dave Odom had a back-to-back NIT title winning team. He took the Gamecocks to the NIT championship in his first year, largely with a group Eddie Fogler left for him. That's right. And that, that was kind of the peak of that group. They kind of peaked right then. And and then that they gave way to your Ronaldo Baltmans and Trey Kelly's and the the um the big memories you had, Mike, calling those uh I still remember your call from the St. Joseph's game. Yeah. You could hear the St. Joe's fans. <laughs> Dave's gonna let them play. Had a timeout, didn't use play. it. Kinsey for three and the rest. That was actually you said on a Wendy's commercial that ran uh locally. No lie. No lie, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was also part of the broadcast crew before Odom took over under the last two years of uh, Eddie, so I had a front row seat for those guys, uh, all those players that you mentioned. Jermel Bradley was one of the best shooters that ever played at that program. God, they were he was, close to that. That first Edson team actually won a couple of games in the SEC tournament and went to the semis. That's um, right. They upset some people, and they were just that. Eddie Fogler, his last two years, lost a t- slew of close, gut-wrenching basketball games. Yeah, to, to yeah, that. no doubt about it. All right, we're going to bring in our guest uh, from the SEC Network and ESPN. Does a great job as an analyst of college basketball, one of my partners throughout the season. In fact, I'll be with him uh, Saturday uh, in Gainesville to call the Florida Vanderbilt game. He is Mark Wise, and he joins us now. Mark, how are you, my friend? Fellas, I'm doing great, but I got to tell you right off the bat, you you brought up a name that I have tried to forget because South Carolina had the player that you mentioned, Petravishish, or whatever his name was. (laughs) Petravishish. His name for four years. (laughs) I'm just telling you, we don't do well. We we barely speak English, so... (laughs) Good gracious! I, I, you weren't the only that, one. I, I had like I, I had like a seizure. It was like my goodness. You weren't the only one that struggled with Marius Petravishis. That, that and and every time you said it, you didn't want to be too close to your partner because <laughs> saliva would come flying out like you were at the dentist office uh, having a cleaning. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's a that's a trip down memory lane. And for those that don't know, Mark's been covering SEC basketball. For a long time, first on radio and now for quite some time on television. And Mark, we, we've been talking a lot about uh, the SEC. Let, let's start there. Uh, and again, you look at everything from a coach's standpoint. What I love working with you is that you see things in a different light. And you and I have been around this league for a while. We've seen the SEC have high moments. And we've seen the SEC when it's not very good, and it was struggling to get four teams in. So now when you look at the league this year, and it's getting all this public love and talk about getting nine teams in the field, uh, what are your impressions on how this this conference has grown? Well, I don't think there's any question that from a quality depth perspective, standpoint that the league has never been better it like most of college basketball it's never been older Mm -hmm. so i think the older your rosters the the uh i want to say the the least number of times that you have um kind of 
bad performances. So, you know, the I, I keep coming back to this as a testament to how good the league is. If I asked you all who has the most quad one wins in the SEC, uh, I don't think Texas A&M would jump out at you as the answer. And yet they are six and seven in the league. I think that speaks volumes to how good the league is. I think the team is at the bottom, you know, in terms of South Carolina, LSU, Ole Miss being significantly better adds to that without the drop off at the top. Tennessee with Dalton Connect is a different animal as they entered the NCAA tournament than they've had the last, I don't know, 10 years. So from so many different perspectives, the coaching has never been better. The playing has never been better. As a result, I think the, the, the product has never been better. One of the teams that I, I think it's the biggest win for this uh, South Carolina team is they went into Knoxville and beat right. Tennessee. You and I had Tennessee in one of the other few games they lost at Mississippi State. That's a tough place to play. It was the conference opener. Uh, or the second conference game, I should say. Um, where do you stack up, say, the top two, three, four, five teams in this league? We're starting to get more and more data, which makes it easier to separate. Yeah. So who are the true what teams that you think can actually go a, a long way come March? Well, I, I've, I've kind of separated teams um, into different tiers all season long, and I'm only going to put in tier one right now Alabama and Tennessee. Um, I would put Auburn in there, but I, I don't know the status of Jalen Williams. That's a, that's a huge late-season injury for that team, and they're built to absorb um, – an injury because of their depth, but he's almost invaluable as a stretch four. Uh, so I put that group in there. And then the next tier, I probably have South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida. Uh, and then there's a mess of teams. And mm-hmm. um, when you, I think if you want to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, I think you must have these ingredients. Number one, you must have NBA talent. I, I, Everybody asked me about, well, what, what about Butler? Well, the last time I checked, Gordon Haywood is still playing in the league. What about FAU? I just had FAU last month. John L. Davis is a pro. San Diego State put a pro into the league last year. So uh, you must have NBA talent. You must have, you must be either inside the top 40 of Ken Palm's offensive and defensive efficiencies, or you better be close to it. So if I'm a Kentucky fan, for instance, I'd be concerned about that because their defensive efficiencies in the 80s and and it's gotten better lately. Um, Then you've got to have great guard play. We all know about that. And then you've got to be healthy and then you've got to catch a break. You've got to have those five things, I think. Uh, And if and if you don't need a break along the way, a a basket that goes in at the right time, the officials call goes for you instead of against you. If you don't need that kind of break, it usually means that you're healthy. And by being healthy in the postseason, you've already caught your break. Mm -hmm. Mark, you and I are just a a couple of knuckleheads that pack a suitcase and we broadcast a couple games a week. These teams usually play twice a week right. with an occasional buy, which is a unique twist this year. But I, I talk about this 
being the dog days of late February. And there are teams that show ill effects of that. Let's circle to South Carolina here. Uh, a loss at Auburn where the, the game just gets away. That's your mulligan. Every team has one. I don't put a lot of stock in, in that being debilitating. But then you're up 16 in the second half. You and I were watching that game at a random uh, restaurant sports bar right. uh, coming from Athens to, to Atlanta because you, you had to fly back out. When you look at this Gamecock team, is there any concern of that? Because they're not terribly deep. They're they're starting five, and right. and their top rotation guys have all played well. Uh, but do you worry maybe some heavy legs start coming into play? I guess as it relates to the schedule that they have left, uh, that makes the LSU game even um, um, more disruptive, if you will, because I think when you look at South Carolina's remaining schedule, where do you look at their schedule and go, man, I know you can get that one, or, or those two are in the bag. I, I just don't think one exists. So could they go three and two down the stretch with three of the five on the road? Maybe, but could they also go one and five? Yeah, very easily. When I have, and you've heard me say this, Mike, on air, when I evaluate teams, I want to know how many different ways can your team beat my team? South Carolina really doesn't have a lot of different ways they beat you. They beat you with their system, the way they guard their yard, their tempo. They don't allow transition points. They don't get into de defensive rotations because they guard the ball so well. But if anything goes awry out of that, the tempo gets too fast. Shots aren't made. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many different ways they can win. Yeah, and to go back to your previous point, now Murray Boyles in time could be a pro, but for yeah. right now, the, right. the magic of what – this is why Lamont Paris uh, has gotten so much love and, and deservedly so. Right. He's not he's playing pro. with yeah. – yeah, he's not playing with one of the most talented rosters in this league. You and I see every – every team in this league up close and personal. Right. This is not the most talented. This is not the second most talented. This is not the third most talented. That's a credit to the brilliance he's done coaching. They have outcoached people. They have outplayed people in spite of that. Agreed. The, the other big concern for them, you and I just did our, for those that watch the Florida-Georgia game, uh, our top six candidates for player of the year in the SEC. And Connect is probably going to win that award, but there's some really strong candidates. And one of the guys you and I had on there was Talon Cooper. Because without Talon Cooper, I don't think this is a tournament team. And he has been so good at controlling the game and an oversized guard defensively. But Talon has not played great the last couple of games. How important in your eyes is it that he gets back to the form that he had early in the year? Well, again, it goes back to their margin of error. And I don't think they have a great margin of error. Now, what they do, they do great. And they've been able to win a lot of games that, that way. And I agree with you totally. I think regardless of what happens down the stretch, I think Lamont Paris should definitely be the SEC Coach of the Year. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's a little early to say that. Um, but yeah, you want your best players being your best players. Talon Cooper is the piece of the puzzle that makes all the other pieces for South Carolina fit. And I, I think 
you and I had them early in the season, and I said that early on. I I put Talon Cooper and Zion Pullen in the same kind of funnel, if you will, because they are the two guys that make everything else work for their teams. They're not the most talented. They're, they won't be the most outstanding player. But to their teams, there's no question they're the most valuable. And they're both old, to go back to another and one of you. Old big yeah. guards. You know how I feel about big guards. So, yeah. or more importantly, you know how I feel about small guards. Yeah, you discriminate against smaller guards, and quite, <laughs> quite frankly, I'm offended by that. Uh, I, you know, I hope if that you're a you. Small guard. Here's the thing I've always said: if you're a small guard, if you want to thrive, you have to have a superpower in right. some way, shape, or form. So Josh Hubbard, he has a superpower. He can shoot right. the basketball. Uh, from unbelievable range. Zakai Ziegler has a superpower with mm-hmm. the way he can impact games defensively. Right. That's what you need if you're a small guard. Devin Downey had that. I mean, he, Devin he, Downey, great yeah, example. He, he'd put defenders on skates. They just couldn't guard him off the bounce. Um, right. So you're right. I, I, I think that's uh, spot on. I, I got to ask you, you mentioned at the top, um, you are from the state of Kentucky. You certainly grew up watching Kentucky basketball. Right. I get the so- craziness. <laughs> yes, exactly. Live- <laughs> you lived it. You know it. Um, and of course, you you know I married a Kentucky girl, and I, I've really, I've always had a sense of Kentucky culture from afar because I've been doing Kentucky games for right. twenty years. Uh, but now I really, I, I feel like I understand the culture more than ever, having spent a lot of time in the Commonwealth over right. the last few years, not just for games, but just in the communities there somehow Coach Cal came up. I guess we were talking about the game last night, and they lost a, a, another heartbreaker. And right. Cal's record in close games has not been great. Uh, yeah. Now, that was a little bit flukish, and Dillingham did hit the big shot beforehand. He's got a, an, an unprecedented contract, but he's got a fan base that is unforgiving when you don't make the second weekend since 2019. Uh, can, can you put in perspective for folks out there that maybe don't know the Kentucky fan culture as well as someone yeah. like yourself from there, what is going on over there? Because there's a lot of talk about a lot of different things. Well, you, first of all, you have to understand there are no professional sports in the state of Kentucky. Uh, once the Kentucky Colonels left, and uh, now I'm dating myself in terms of uh, age, <laughs> Uh, Once the Kentucky Colonels left Louisville, uh, there were no more pro sports. Um, I know Louisville's been bantered about for an NBA uh, expansion uh, franchise that has not come to fruition. Um, I I, I also want to talk about the fact that we're in a different day and age, and I'm not sure athletics and social media go together. Mm Um, Because everybody can now voice an opinion, uh, whether it be informed or not, and it almost becomes gospel. That's a dangerous, slippery slope, and that's another topic for another day. I get that. Mm -hmm. But but because there are no pro sports, because Louisville uh, basically has a niche following, and boy, my friends in Kentucky will kill me for saying that, but (laughs) that's the truth. Um, So the entire state wraps its arms around um, not only the University of Kentucky, but I'll give you another example. High high school basketball has no classes in Kentucky. 
Um, they all go to one state tournament. That state tournament's been at Rupp Arena or in, in, in my day back in uh, way back uh, at Freedom Hall in Louisville. There are many people across the state of Kentucky who plan their vacation around the sweet, what's called the Sweet 16, uh, the Kentucky State High School Basketball Tournament that starts on Wednesday, ends on Saturday night. Um, I think they maybe moved the finals to even Sunday now. So when I talk about the passionate fan base of Kentucky and Kentucky basketball, it's not just uh, the University of Kentucky. Now, that certainly was the, the, the catalyst, if you will, that uh, the genesis of why the state is such a basketball crazed state. But this is a, a, a state of the program where it is they only want to talk about hanging the ninth banner. And as an old coach, that is just so unrealistic. I went back and did Billy Donovan in his career here at Florida. And I came up with this formula, and I know I'm giving you a long-winded answer to what you asked me. But if you made the tournament and didn't win a game, I counted that as a zero. And if you win one game, you get one point. Two games, two points. If you win it all, you get six points. If you didn't make the tournament, I counted that as a minus one. So it's kind of a rudimentary formula for uh, uh, trying to get people to understand what's a realistic expectation as it comes to the NCAA tournament. Billy Donovan, in his career at Florida, using that formula, knowing that they won back-to-back titles in the 06-07 season, what do you think his number is, his average number of wins per season that he spent at the University of Florida? It was like 1.7 because they went five years, didn't get out of the tournament. They didn't make the tournament three years. I didn't get out of the first weekend. They went three years, didn't make the tournament and so on and so forth. So then I did that to Cal and Kentucky. Now I did it two years ago. I haven't redone it since. And his number is like 2.3. I did it for Krzyzewski. His number is 2.7. So to expect to win it all is such an unrealistic bar to set. Mm-hmm. And I've got numbers and the and the and the the proof of the past on my side. So when we talk about a deep run in the NCAA tournament, to me, a deep run means you play in the second weekend and go beyond. Right. I think I that's a great goal for, for most think teams. That way. Yeah, again, for Kentucky's as you know, it's just it's just different. Yeah. And, well, you know when and, you, and, when you talk when you talk to people Mike and I know you have the same situation, everybody feels the same way. I get it. I get what you're saying. Uh, there's never been more parity. Yes, it's hard to win a single game in the NCAA tournament. I get all that, but that shouldn't imply to my team. Right. Right. Oh, it, 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 we see that in football all the time. Yeah, yeah the SEC is difficult, yeah. blah, 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 blah. When are we going to play for the championship? When are we going to be in the playoff? That, that's enough of all this excuses. I don't want to hear it. And that's yeah. how Kentucky fans are every year. They don't make a Final Four. Uh, final question, Mark. I, you and I will be doing uh, the, the Florida matchup in, in Gainesville with Vanderbilt. Uh, for the sake of this audience, I, I do want to ask you, because we've seen both these teams – Carolina, as we mentioned, 
backs against the wall a little bit, losing two in a row. You go to Ole Miss. Ole Miss yeah. right now, Lenardi has them first team out. Right. So they are going to be very much engaged in this game at home. Uh, maybe a thing or two you would be looking for in the matchup. Well, a uh, couple of things come to mind. One is tempo. Uh, Ole Miss will want this game in the 80s. They play a little faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is that Ole, this is not a, a prototypical Chris Beard team. Uh, they 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 beat you offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that standpoint, I think it starts with um, Murray, defending Murray in terms of the Cooper-Murray matchup. I like that matchup for South Carolina. And then the other thing that uh, will come into play is um, Mac's ability to pick and pop because uh, Ole Miss will guard him with either um, uh, Musa Cisse or um, um, I've gone blank sharp, Jamarian Sharp. Yeah, seven five. So yeah. That that mismatch can be exploited, but Ole Miss is a much better offensive team, so. I think tempo, it's a game of uh, uh, there'll be a tug of war on the tempo. South Carolina will want the game in the 60s. Ole Miss will want the game in the 80s. I would look at the score at the end of the first segment, the score at the end of the the first half, and that will give you a a guide on who's winning that kind of tug of war. I would start there, and then I I, I always think at this time of the year it comes down to rebounding. Uh, when you ask coaches what you have to do to win, they all say the same thing. We got, yeah. we got to defend and rebound. We got, we get that every game, every, every practice. That's what they, they that's what they yeah. tell us. And then you, and what do I tell every coach? Make shots, make shots. You got to make <laughs> shots. And they all agree. They'll all go. Yes. That's the key. Well, you just told me defending and rebounding was the right. key. No, <laughs> making shots. I even argue that rebounding is the second most important. Yeah, I would go with that. Players are so skilled offensively um, mm-hmm. that, yes, you have to have a defensive presence. You have to have defense at the right times. But you must score and you must rebound. You can do a lot of things right in a basketball game, and if you don't make shots and you go two for 15 from behind the arc, you're yeah. probably going to lose. Did um, – UConn goes to Creighton the other night, and Creighton makes 14 threes, and UConn makes three. That's what happens to the best team in the country. Right. That's right. You're not going to win. Yeah. And that was like days after everybody was telling you, oh, UConn's clearly the team. Nobody's going to beat UConn. They're clearly going to go back to back. I do think they have the best chance of any team I've seen since the Florida back to back. They are legit. Yeah, no, there's no question. They're well coached. They're legit. They're connected. They're all those good things. Uh, if I were to tell you one team from the SEC is going to make the Final Four, who is it? Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'll go out on a limb here and go Tennessee and Dalton Connect. Yeah, yeah, man, he's he, the the game the other night at Missouri is a great example. He didn't play very well in the first half. Mm-hmm. Missouri's the hang around team. And then about uh, uh, maybe at the 15-minute mark in the second half, I think Dalton Connect went, eh, I think this has gone on long enough. Right. Yeah. I'm going to ball, and you can't stop me. <laughs> yes. And 
and that's what he did. Mark, man, I really appreciate you taking out some time. I know you got a busy schedule. Look forward to working with you again on uh, Saturday, and uh, keep up the great work. I, I told the the audience before you jumped on, and, and I mean this, uh, you as a former coach, uh, you're just able to give insight that uh, to me is unparalleled, and uh, whether it's on a show like this or working together with you courtside, uh, I think that comes through. And again, really appreciate you taking out the time. Thanks. The M&M show continues. Saturday. Yes. Yes. We'll have, we'll concoct the, uh, what are we doing? The, uh, we did the player of the year. We're doing the, uh, under the radar. under the radar squad. There could be a Gamecock on that squad. Maybe uh, there, there could be one on that squad. All right. All right, buddy. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks everybody. You got Thanks, it. Mark, Mark Wise joining us here on uh, Inside the Gamecock. So let's see. We've been able to corral Mark, uh, Dane Bradshaw, Pat Bradley. I'd say it's a pretty good guest list here for Solid. ITG. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, plus you. That's four yeah. Yeah, SEC know, I, networkers that we've had this year. Yeah. I don't know that we've, we've had all the best the SEC has to offer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll get us some uh, some baseball guys, too, you know, that, that cover that sport really well. I like I like Mark because he's different, you know. Yes, um, he just kind of knows the game, and, and you know, it wasn't a very high profile assistant coach or, or right. coach. His wife's actually the the a legendary volleyball coach at University of Florida, right? right. Um, and I like him because he just kind of seems like you know your uncle from a sports family. It's going to sit you down, <laughs> and you just listen to him <laughs> eating turkey. Uh, I don't have an uncle like that, but I, if I did. You're eating turkey at Thanksgiving, just soaking in the the basketball knowledge, and you know he doesn't always probably doesn't tell you what you want to hear if you're a fan of yeah. school, but he's going to tell you to the best of his ability. He takes a lot of pride in it. Um, he's no BS either. Kind of a Phil Steele type too, in terms of a guy that does his research. You can kind of rattle mm-hmm. it off. So uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, it, yeah. it was a nice surprise. I didn't expect to. Yeah, I didn't was, expect uh, Mark Rise to come on today. So I'm just surprised, surprised, surprised. <laughs> nice yeah, to be Cassandra, able to get stuff on the fly like that. Uh, yeah. That's that's right. It it helps to have uh, some people that I've I've worked with for a while and, and a mutual respect there to uh, get some time. But uh, Cassandra, Craig, uh, some others there on chat row. Yeah, no, he Mark's Mark's really good. And again, it, it it's. Uh, f- f- I work with a lot of former players, and I work with a few for, uh, former coaches. That's not to say that former players aren't great analysts, too. I just a guy like Mark just sees things differently. It's just I, I always say it's a different angle. He's always going to have a, a a different angle. He angle he coached at Purdue. He coached he coached at USF. He's from the state of Kentucky, so he grew up on basketball. His brother is a current coach. His son is a coach. I mean, he's got it in his DNA. Uh, and I always learn a little something working with uh, with Mark. I, th- I thought uh, his analysis of the Carolina Ole Miss game is spot on, by the way. Uh, I, I don't think Carolina wants that game in the 80s, uh, especially on the road. I really don't. Um, you know, get, no, when you think about the game they played here at home, that game goes five more minutes, Ole Miss wins. Yeah, that's I mean, a good point. Just, yeah, because that, that was the way it was going. It was just like they, they got hot there at the end, and fortunately Carolina was able to get the stop when they needed it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and, it, it, I mean, it, it is a – I hate using the term big game, big win, big loss, big, 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 big. In a lot of ways you could say they're all big. But when you've <laughs> lost two in a row and you just – 
you just squandered a 16-point lead cycle. Now, see, this is the one where I could say uh, avoid the hangover. Auburn, to me, that, that, that the next one was not a hangover game. This is the one, even with the additional time between games, you don't want to let that get to you because that one stings a hell of a lot more than Auburn. Auburn was just, it ain't our night. You know, you see it in baseball. Guy starts, gets rocked. You're you're down seven to one in the third inning. You're down ten to two in the fifth inning. It's, it's not our night. You can just go ahead and play the next day. That's the kind of the LSU lost the kind of one that uh, you got to be careful of. Cassandra, we love you too. Thank you very much. Some kind people on chat row today. You, you love seeing that. Well, you bring I, out I, the best in people, Mike. It's uh, I try. Okay. I JD's love to love the one who, who brings out the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I love to love. And JB loves to love, too. He'll spread he some does. love on he tomorrow's does. show. By the way, uh, I, I I knew that name would spark some reaction. The Chuck Chuck Itson does not get talked about much at all. And I get it. They weren't tournament teams. But, man, Chuck Itson was a – he was one of the most exciting players. Again, led the SEC in steals twice, a slasher, a great defender. Just because you didn't win it all. A lot of great baseball players that weren't on those two national championship teams that were really good baseball players that helped build that program. A lot of good football players that have rolled through Columbia that weren't necessarily part of one of those 11-win teams. Just keep that in mind. So we brought up some names from the past. A little Downey, a little Itson, Jamel Bradley, Tony Kitchings, Petravish. <laughs> Marius, man. Still a mouthful. Marius was like, you couldn't intimidate that dude. Like, he would walk in front of a tank and just be like, I protect my country. Let's go. He's like the guy on the, there's an Instagram account called Know Your Latvians. Really? And the guy that's there and talks about Latvia. Like, in Latvia, they say the sun never shines. That's not true. It shines home. It's just very cold. Just very uh, cold. I remember one night, Marius, I was at the game, and Marius went off. This game at the Coliseum. I was down there. I was at school, I think, and they interviewed him. And, boy, it wasn't much of a post-game interview. It's like, I am bold. I am bold. <laughs> I'm bold. bold. Good. Yeah, on the surface, that's the, closest, that's the closest thing Carolina had to, like, a Twin Tower look. Because he and Kitchens yeah, played together a lot. Now, Tony mm-hmm. had struggles with his weight, and he was in Fogler's doghouse a lot. And that was a doghouse you did not want to be in. No, um, never. But you had, like, two massive 6'10 bruising guys that could control the glass, that could be a, a presence in the paint. Yeah, it, it could have worked out better. Chuck Edson was on an NIT finalist team. Uh, yeah, if they hadn't that, won those back to back titles, no, no, man, yeah, that team would have gone down an infant. We probably would talk about was Chuck it. Was it UConn they lost to in the NIT final? That was Eddie's last year. They lost it was UConn Eddie's last year, yeah. First, first game because the Eddie kind of was like, Fogler afterwards was kind of like he said this Oh, Jim Calhoun loves the state of South Carolina. Yeah, well, and then, then it broke mm-hmm. the story in the state the next day that McGee was after Calhoun. That was kind of funny. McGee and, was after Calhoun. Bobby Knight, uh, about set. Well, I'm getting there. About seven other big name coaches that were never going to take the job, 
and he was convinced that Tubby, even Patino's name got floated, he was convinced that Tubby was going to take the job. And I will tell you this in closing, one final story from Uncle Mike on the way out. I did a Texas Tech game as part of like the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and Tubby was the coach. And while I'm at practice, I said, Tubby, I got to ask you. I was in Columbia when Eddie got fired and the AD was convincing a lot of people that you were going to be the next head coach at South Carolina. It would have been, you got ties to the state. Things were not working out as we just talked about Kentucky fans, how relentless they could be. It was not exactly a a marriage made in heaven. And he said, Mike, I wasn't going to leave, but if I had it to do over, I would have taken the South Carolina job. Straight from Tubby Smith's mouth. He thought about it. He said, I wish I would have taken that job. And who knows? I think Tubby would have done damn well in Columbia. About four or five years later, he left for Minnesota. So, yeah, he was close. I mean, that was – McGee was probably a little – in his his expression, uh, I think behind the scenes to certain people in the know, he's probably a little too confident. But, you know, Calhoun thought about it because Calhoun had a beach house down in wherever, and he was getting older at the time. And and Mike McGee should have – look, you you had a choice between Bobby Crimmins and Dave Odom at the end. They were kind of the same guy coming out of the ACC. They had better Mm -hmm. days. Should have hired Bobby and healed the old wounds because he got the same results. Probably right. a little bit better recruiting. That was that that that, that coaching change. That, that coaching surge is the one that ended in Horn. Uh, kind of chapped my butt a little bit. Uh, yeah, that. Um, well, we could do a whole other segment on that. Yeah, one. We'll, we'll talk about this. <laughs> we'll put that on the list of things to talk about this oh, summer. That list is getting long. It's a long <laughs> list, man. We're not running out of ammo on this oh, show. Hell, uh, it's a long summer, man. So. Yeah, man. We're ready for it. Uh, hey, our thanks again to our many uh, proud sponsors, including the Power Hour sponsors, RyanBrewer.net, for all your fencing needs. Uh, Gary Patterson of GaryPatterson.net for all your insurance needs. For those of you in the Midlands, Go have some D's. Go have some Salsaritas. Eat well if you're in Columbia. Guys, I will see you next week. I am uh, getting ready for another road trip, but enjoy the show tomorrow. Hopefully, Jamie will be back with you. Thanks to Mad Dog, Phil Molinax. Thanks to Mark Wise for joining us. Thanks to J.C. Sherbert and Sherb Nation and, of course, the Chief Sports Network. That's going to do it for us. So long, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day.